truly from the South. All right. So I'm going to agree with you on that <laughs> because around, I don't know, today, it was around noon. Uh, mm-hmm. Hallie, my wife, my beautiful wife, goes, hey, Uncle Rocky's dropping off some corn. I'm like, all right, he's dropping off some corn for dinner. I look on my back porch. There's 300 ears of corn. <laughs> Three. Three Benjamins. <laughs> and I looked at her. I said, what the fuck is this? She goes, oh, this is our yearly, like, apparently they, sh- they sh- shuck it. They get it all off of the ears. They keep some ears. But then they cut it all off the ears and they freeze it. And then they make it, like, use it throughout the year for their corn casseroles, like their sweet corn that they make for, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that other shit. And I'm just like, bro, you can buy corn. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I am not a Southerner. (laughs) Okay. It is. Wait a second. You've been married to Haley for, like, how long? Five years? 2016 October is when we got married. So four years. We've been together for almost six years. Okay. And this is the first time that you've ever had the corn talk. I No, I've heard of the corn talk. But okay. I... This is the first year that the corn's been brought to my house. So, <laughs> and I'm just like... I'm literally... Okay. like You know those big bags of charcoal that you can buy? Like the yeah. huge ones? Like 50... Two of those filled with corn and then seven walmart bags filled with corn on the cob unshucked like it was shut like it was everything was on it and i just looked at her and i said do what you the hell? even have the space like they need their own deep freezer for that well when you take it off the ears it's not as like volume like that much volume Okay. It's all compact, but still, I walk into my kitchen. You've seen parts of my kitchen. It's like kitchen dining room. It's fairly large. And she has moved the dining table up against the wall underneath the TV and put one of our sh- bed sheets on the ground, and all 300 ears are on the floor, which then we had to go and clean her office today, which was about two hours. We come back, and one of the cats has dug all of the husk off of the corn and ate the entire corn cob like it looked like a, a baby had sat there and eat eaten one of our corn cobs when we weren't there and i know which one of those fucking cats did it too so <laughs> okay that's how my sunday's been <laughs> so i got the- that was your week that was no that's not even my week that is- sir that's just today <laughs> Um, let's just go over something real quick. We're doing this episode a little bit differently. Obviously, we're now doing this live on Twitch again, but more importantly, um, the news has just been so overwhelming in one specific direction that what was planned to be our icebreaker is just going to be the main focal point. So this is really more of like a specialized, uh, streamlined episode. Um, so we're just going to kick things off. Going into our weeks, yeah, we'll talk about the situation that is within the FGC and then close out with questions. Yep. So, Corey, <laughs> besides you shucking corn, I what was your week like? She asked me, she goes, are you going to help? I said, I'm not fucking touching that corn. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't, I've, I've had to have told this story, but I mean, I grew up down in the South and mm-hmm. 
I had an uncle. He passed away a couple years ago, but I had an uncle right. that was a farmer. And well, he was a body mechanic, but he had a huge garden where they lived. Like he had like rows of corn and all this other shit. And I came there and I I went there because I was, you know, my cousin, my two cousins are really close in age. We played video games all the time. I mean, that that was my cousins I always hung out with. Well, it was during I remember it was during summer vacation because I think his mom and dad or their mom and their mom and dad, my aunt and uncle were at work that day. But they told us we had to shell four bag Walmart bags of peas. I don't know if you've ever shelled peas before, like had to take them out of. I mean, is it is it like picking the the pea out of the edamame? Basically, but it's a okay. shit ton. So okay. we did that. that we doesn't... got through two bags, and I looked at my older cousin. I said, "Fuck this." <laughs> And they had a river right, the St. Francis River, right in behind their backyard. We chunked two bags of peas in the river. I would be so mad at you. Oh, my uncle, like he was like, "This is all that's uh, that's all he got out of the peas." And we're like, "Yeah, this is, that's all it was." And we told him years later, and he to the day he died, he was so pissed off that we chunked two Walmart bags of peas in the river. Yeah, I'd be fucking pissed too. That's fucking food on your table. Oh, I'm sorry. Man. That's like. 47 cents i'll give him 50 cents to go buy some fucking peas man like i understand Uh, it because hallie has a garden and it's really nice like to see the fruits of your labor to see all of the all that like chris you know how many fucking gallon sized baggies of squash we have in our fridge right now oh no i know Uh, we haven't picked ours we have cucumbers and squash sitting across the entire fucking deck there's nowhere to step there's nowhere to step we, I told her, I said, Hallie, you got to take some of this stuff to work. And she goes, I plan on it. I was like, no, you need to take it all because <laughs> it's just going to rot. Like, we don't eat it. Like, like, tomorrow. We eat squash and zucchini. And, dude, her, you've gone to Walmart. You, your wife works at Walmart. You've seen the zucchinis. They're not they're normal sizes. The fucking two zucchinis that she brought from the garden, like, if she was cheating on me with these zucchinis, I would be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't It'd be probably be noticeable too. I wouldn't be like I'd be like I understand completely why you're cheating on me. <laughs> These like she brought them in and I looked at it, I was like what the fuck she goes those are zucchinis I was like are you trying to win biggest zucchini in this fucking county? But then she like brought in a bunch of grape tomatoes and I'm like hey those are expensive as fuck. I like grape tomatoes. Those are going in my salads now. <laughs> but so her garden's doing really well. We got squash and uh we got a shit ton of serranos and jalapeno peppers, and I'm talking cucumbers. Audio listeners can't hear this, but cucumbers this big around, like huge ash cucumbers. And she also has like little cucumbers that she's gonna apparently pickle. So we're gonna have some homemade pickles, and like I don't fucking know how long it takes to pickle something. So I think it's like months. Like it takes a while to ferment. Yeah, cucumbers. Well, speaking of pickles, Scotty showed us that uh, trailer. Remember when we were in Pennsylvania or Pittsburgh? That they said yeah. that they were the Seth Rogen was shooting a movie, and I was like, because yes. we were like, what's going on over there? Scotty's like, and Scotty ran over there. He was like, hey, what are you guys doing? And they're like shooting the Seth Rogen movie. Apparently, that movie is called An American Pickle, and I watched the trailer, and this movie looks so off the wall that I want to see. So Seth Rogen plays a character from I'm just gonna say the old country. Get whatever okay. stereotype in you want in your head. Uh, he marries his love in the old country, and then they move to America, and he starts working in a pickle factory. 
And I think he's literally, okay. his job is the rat smasher. Because that's what it shows. He's like, I got a good job in America. And he's just like chasing a rat, trying to kill it. So, but one day he falls in the pickle vat and is preserved for a hundred years. So when he wakes up, he's in the modern age and he finds his grandson. And then the trailer tells you like his grandson, the grandson's uh, parents died in a car wreck and he's kind of a loser and all he's antisocial and all that. And his, I guess his grandfather's like, we're going to start a pickle business. And Seth, it's Seth, it's like a nutty professor situation. Seth Rogen is playing both characters and acting to himself. So I don't know if it's, okay. I don't know if it's going to be any good, but the trailer, if it ends up being, it's a, probably not, it's probably going to be shit. If it ends up being a bomb, yeah. the trailer makes it look better than it actually is. But it was, it was funny because the one thing that stood out was uh, younger or I guess, yeah, the modern age Seth Rogen has a David Bowie poster and it's like mm-hmm. four different pictures of David Bowie at different concerts. And he points <laughs> old Seth Rogen points and he goes, is this, is this your father? He goes, no, that's David Bowie. And he goes, is this your mother? He goes, no, that's David Bowie too. That whole poster's David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me laugh really hard. So I don't know. That's stupid. It starts streaming. I, I guess HBO max is trying to be a thing now. And it's like a streaming service because HBO is like, oh, yeah. shit, we don't have Game of Thrones anymore. Nobody wants to watch our shit. But now they're getting exclusive rights to movies because of, you know, COVID-19. Movie theaters aren't opening up anytime soon. Or if they are, they fucking shouldn't be. And but, yeah, this starts streaming on HBO Max on August 7th or August 6th. So depending. So they're they're showing like no shit movies, yeah. their release date at home. That's awesome. Well, that's what they did with uh, Onward. Disney Plus, uh, that movie that me and Scotty talked about, the animated movie mm-hmm. Onward, that was supposed to be in theaters, but they just released it on Disney Plus when it was supposed to be in theaters. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and that movie was That's pretty dope. good. So, I, don't, I guess since we're talking about movies, I'll I'll go to my movies that I watched this week. I watched. Uh, we were still watching the Marvel movies, so we got the next one in line was uh, uh, Iron Man, Iron Man One, and that movie mm-hmm. that movie's still fine. It's not like the most flashiest uh, Marvel movie. It used to be. But it still holds up. But it still holds up. I really, really like it. And I think they do this in the in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. But I like it when they show... And you can't really do it with all the Marvel movies because it just... there's There would be so many origin stories. Like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But I love it when they show someone that... And I mean, even with Iron Man, he doesn't really have powers. Like, he's just super smart. But he's testing things out, trying to see what works. Like, the funniest one is when he has the boots on. And he's like, all right, we're going to do 10% output. And it shoots him up against the wall, and it looks like he breaks his neck. Like, that shit makes me Mm -hmm. laugh. But it also shows that they learn. They're like, okay, because when he does it again, he only uses 1%. And he's able to float and move around and stuff like that. Uh, The movie The Rocketeer does that as well, where he gets his quote-unquote superpower. And he, it's just him testing shit out, trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. Same with Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, when he like realizes he can like walk up the, like crawl, crawl up the walls and all that shit. I like that. Uh, no, Iron Man still holds up. It's weird that Jeff Bridges is the bad guy. I forget that he's the bad guy in that movie, but it's still fine. I forgot how hardcore because that movie came out in like late two thousands. So like. The Iraqi War was still a big thing, so that movie has a lot. Yeah, of that. a lot. Of, that movie has a lot of that in it. 
Iron Man, because it was Iron Man 1 and then uh, Incredible Hulk came out after that. Uh, Iron Man 1, 2008, one year after I graduated high school. Jesus, this movie made $585 million at the box office. That is insane. Oh, yeah, and John, Fa- John Favreau's in it, and he is so skinny. It looks so weird. <laughs> it looks so weird. But no, uh, I watched that, and then Red Letter Media, they have a series. I've talked about their series called Review before, where they sit down, talk about a movie either they really like or a movie that they really don't like, and they talk about mm-hmm. why. Uh, they just had an episode come out today of the Weird Al movie called UHF, and I had always wanted to watch that movie. I even owned it. I own it. And I was like, man, I don't know why I just didn't sit down and watch this movie. So I sat down and watched it today, and it's it's fine. It is a funny, like, it is a movie where Weird Al is the main character, if that tells you anything. So it's a lot of... So just picture any album that he's ever come out with, well, and then just say that is the movie. Yeah, just so, put visual effects so the pre- it. So the premise of the movie is, uh, I, th- I think it was George. Weird Al plays a character named George. He's the... The the idea guy that can't hold down a regular job because he's too imaginative and he's always daydreaming and all that stuff. And he just happens, not inherits, but his uncle wins a television station in a bet and gives it to him. And okay. so they just start making up crazy ass TV shows and all that stuff. And they end up being number one. And then there's the bad TV station that's like fuck that we're gonna you know and all that one of the main characters is kramer from seinfeld and was that pre or post oh uh, it was super pre uh his uh okay. <laughs> his downfall his meltdown if it we're not gonna talk about it but if you want to go check that out i don't know kramer's real name uh but look that guy up and you can see why he had a downfall so but he's fu- funny in the he plays a janitor that loves his mop because he had his mops, he was since he was like eight years old, and okay. But he's really funny. He like starts hosting like a Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of like station, like TV show that that makes mm-hmm. this new st- or that makes the TV station huge. Everyone's like lo- their kickstart to fame. Well, yeah, because it's it's a like a local thing, and people like all the locals are like, oh, this is awesome. It represents our community. It's all this other stuff, and it's just there's like there's it's very like. If you've ever seen the movies, like scary movie and epic movie and all that stuff, it's not like those movies. So back before those movies first came out, there was these guys named the Zucker Brothers, and they made mm-hmm. they made parody movies before scary movie and all that shit. They made like I believe they made like the Naked Gun movies. They made Top Secret. They've made a lot of those spoof movies, but not like the spoof movies we know. Like, like Airplane. Act- Airplane, yes. It's like they actually their their jokes are thought out and constructed. It's not just oh, what's big right now? Iron Man? Okay, put that in the movie or like those uh those scary movie and epic movie and all that shit. They basically They're more they, like pop culture. Well, not even that. They like would that. they would look at a trailer of a movie that hadn't even come out yet and then they would make fun of it, only working off of what they saw in the trailer. And I'm just like this these movies aren't fun. Like I would say scary movie one is about the only one that I can sit down and watch. All the other ones are just like date movie, 
date movie, epic movie, scary movie two, three, and four. There's a lot of movies that don't use uh, Leslie Nielsen right. Like Leslie Nielsen is was funny because he was an airplane because he was so stoic. But his, his the way he had like the way he delivered lines is what made it funny. But right. then you see in the other movies where they're making him do like silly faces and all this other shit, and you're like, that's not how you use Leslie Nielsen. Like, it's, that's not what he's known for. I mean, what's crazy is he was like a huge, like serious actor before he got in. Like, I think Airplane was like one of his first big parody joke movies. And uh, but anyway, coming back to UHF, if you've never seen that movie, it's like an hour and a half long. the The premise is really corny. Like, it's like. From what I've told you, you can probably figure out. It's like something happens. They got to save the the uh, TV station, the TV station. That's basically what it is. But it still holds up. I mean, there's literally a Weird Al uh, music uh, music video in the movie. There's like a part where he like falls asleep and there's one of his songs. It's it's a spoof of uh, Dire Straits. Uh, I can't remember what the song is. It's like, we got to move these microwave ovens. We got to move these colored TVs and all that. That's the Dire Straits version. Weird Al made a Beverly Hillbillies version of it. And that's just right in the fucking movie. Like, it's like, okay, we'll just put that in the movie. So, okay. I, but the thing is, there were legit parts where I was, I laughed out loud. Like, I was just like, there's a part where he, he is spoofing Geraldo. You remember the old talk show Geraldo, the guy with the big mustache? He was famous. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there at the opening of Al Capone's uh, like safe and all that shit, and he's spoofing that. And there's a part where it, someone just throws a chair over him because that's what happened to uh, Geraldo. But the way Weird Al like, acts when it hits him is fucking hilarious. Like It's so funny. I was laughing. I rewound it a couple times to watch it because I was laughing so hard. So... I bought it for five bucks on DVD. I feel like I didn't get my money, like didn't get ripped off. So that's that movie's famous for the Twinkie hot dog cheese whiz uh, thing. I, I forget what he calls it, but in the beginning of it, he cuts open a Twinkie, puts a hot dog in it, and then squeezes cheese whiz on top, and then dips, dips it in milk and then eats it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty rough. Uh, nah, pass. But yeah, I, I'm gonna pass on that too. Uh, uh, besides uh, movies, I haven't streamed besides Thursday night, which I'm going to talk about. I haven't streamed at all this week because I was like, this week is going to be anime week. I am okay. going to watch anime that I have fallen behind on. I watched over 50 episodes of anime this week. <laughs> I watched. So I watched all of Jojo part five. Jojo, Jojo part five has 39 episodes and I think think i was on episode eight when i stopped so i watched about 30 episodes of jojo part five that's really good jojo part five is really good i like it it's not my favorite uh the ending is kind of like it's not bad but it's just it's not as uplifting as like part three and part four and part two i mean i would say part two three and four have really uplifting endings like a lot of shit happens and characters die. So what? Like, what's the big difference between part five compared? Because I I know how part three ends and I know how part four ends. I never watched two. I never watched one. Well, one's like, only like nine episodes. So one and two are usually put together as one season. Because it's okay. uh it's Phantom Blood Battle Tendency, 
Part one is Phantom Blood. Part two is Battle Tendency. Part three is Stardust Crusader. Start. Part four is Diamond is Unbreakable. Diamond is Unbreakable. Which is better in Japanese because it's Diamond is Not Crash, which I think okay. it's, so, it's so much better. <laughs> uh, and then part five is like Vento something. It's something Italian. JoJo part five. Let me look it up. Uh, it's Golden Wind. That's what the American version is. But uh, also known as Vento Ario is the fifth story arc of the Japanese manga series JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, okay. So the main character is not a... JoJo. He's not he's... a JoJo, because he's Dio's son. Yeah. Uh, But he's just so one-note. Like, he's a good guy. He's the good guy, but he's very, like, one-note. So, so it's not really like he's, like, the... The central figure that you're focusing on, it's everyone else around the supporting him that really makes like the supporting character, like Bucciarati, uh, Mista, uh, Narancia, Fuga, Abaccio, all of those, the supporting cast is what is makes it. And then there's the Hitman team, which they all have really cool uh, abilities and stuff like that. This one is, uh, I just love it because in JoJo, the Jap because I watch them in, with the Jap. I don't watch the uh, the dubs. I watch the subs, and so in Japan they don't give a shit about musical rights. So like, mm-hmm. if people don't know about what JoJo is, JoJo all the characters stands are usually named after music, music bands or something like that. Uh, I mean, Golden Wind. I believe uh, Golden Wind is a is a uh, Jimi Hendrix album or something like that. I think that's what it's a reference to. Uh, okay. Sticky Fingers, that's Bucciarati's uh, stand mm-hmm. name. You've got uh, Sex Pistols. You've got Aerosmith. Metallica. Metallica. Purple Haze. One of them is called the White Album, which is the, one of the Beatles albums. You have. They literally called it the White Album? It's like White Album or something like that, but I looked up on the <laughs> Wikipedia, and it's based <laughs> off of, you know. But the subtitles can't – they don't get all the rights from the musicians. So, like, that's – the audio will be like sticky fingers, but then you look at it and it says zipper man. You're like, all right. <laughs> Cause that's what the stand is. Like Bucciarati's stand is he, he literally puts, he zips time and space and he can move okay. throughout it. Uh, sex pistols was six bullets. Aerosmith. They went with little bomber because the stand is actually a airplane that shoots and bombs. Like he's a long range stand and all that. Uh, Moody Blues, Jazzy Blues, uh, Purple Haze. I forgot what the the other name was. Purple Haze was so OP that they had to, like, Araki had to literally write him out of the story because his stand was so powerful. Well, what did he do? The stand, first of all, uh, the stand user couldn't always control him because he was always berserk. But literally, if you were in a five-meter radius of him, he... When he broke his knuckles, when Purple Haze breaks like his knuckles, a virus comes out that's a flesh flesh eating virus that decays you from the inside out. And it can't So he just has to touch you. No, you just have to be near him for it to happen. Because he breaks it and then it becomes like it's airborne around him. Okay. Yeah. And it doesn't differentiate between friend and foe. So they were just like at one point. They were like, uh, Bucciarati's like, hey, I'm going to double-cross the boss. If you guys want to follow me, follow me. Everybody but Fuga follows him. Uh, Fugo. Because they're just like, 
He's too fucking powerful. Like, he can't be in this story because there's so many, like, close, like, there's one part where they're in a train fighting. He can't mm -hmm. use his stand there. He would kill everybody there, including good guys and bad guys. So he's so. just a menace to society. He's just, he can't, he can't have yeah. nobody near him. Yeah. Okay. Because he never, he hardly ever uses his, he literally only uses his stand when he thinks it's a last minute ditch effort. Because he's mm -hmm. like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to control it when it comes out and all that shit. But I'm ex. It's good. I really like it. Uh, I'm excited for the next season because the next season is when we get Jolene. Jolene. Yeah. And uh, I think that's that's a big part. Like that's some major shit happens in that part to where it affects the other parts later. It actually affects the entire fucking universe. So I don't know. It's it, I just love the stand names like the one chicks is Spice Girl and one of her moves is wannabe. And I was just like, that's so great. I love it so much. <laughs> But one of them was like one of the bad guys stands was Oasis, but the name in the subtitles was Sanctuary because he couldn't. <laughs> you know, it was Green Day and Oasis put together. Okay. One of those is a shit band. I I wanted to say I wanted to like Oasis, but man, those the the brothers I think are just literally. Liam and Noel are fucking terrible people. Just really, because like, everyone was like, "These are the new Beatles," and then they're like, "Oh wait, no, they're not." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but no, I'm done with uh, JoJo until the next season comes out, and I don't, or the next part, and I don't think we have any like, we don't know when part six is coming out. So, but I did pick up. Uh, Amazon had uh, JoJo had. Part two of Star Stardust Crusaders and part two of Diamond uh, is Unbreakable on sale, which isn't going to sound like a sale. They were on sale for $40 a piece, but when they're normally $65 a piece on Blu-ray, anime Blu-ray is not cheap for anyone listening. Mm -hmm. Like anime Blu-ray is still pretty expensive, but I went ahead and bought that and the newest uh, manga hardback came out of part four. So I got that too. Let me let me and, ask you uh, this: What's the benefit to buying anime on Blu-ray as opposed to just streaming it? Uh, it's like what you do with preserving music with vinyl. It's like just having it in case the streaming services ever go down. Okay. Because like, I mean, let's be honest: tomorrow, all the streaming services could be like deuces. Like they could literally all go down. I I guess I was looking for something more of like. Extra features, DVD versus Blu-ray. I wasn't gonna go DVD versus Blu-ray. I was, okay. it was straight up like streaming. Like, okay, yeah, I just that's, want it. That's cool. It's really what it is. Is I just want to have it in case. I mean, I've seen it happen. Like, I mean, we like old cartoons that I've bought on DVD aren't anywhere on streaming services at all. Like Mission Hill, I don't think SWAT Cats is on anything. I mean, JoJo's big. So I doubt that JoJo would ever be kicked off of like Crunchyroll or anything like that. But mm -hmm. I mean, all it takes is like a streaming service to not renew their rights on a anime or a TV show. And then they don't have it anymore. Yeah, that shit happens all the time with fucking Netflix and Hulu. Yeah. I mean, it happened when the first time I ever saw that happen with Netflix was with Futurama and they lost it. And then I think Hulu picked it up. So. But so I watched all of part five. I think I finished that. And I watched 31 episodes in two days. 
<laughs> and then I got caught up on uh, My Hero Academia because I had only watched up until like the th- three fourths of the way through part three, like season three. Mm-hmm. So I watched all of it. Uh, I I've read ahead. I'm way ahead of what the anime is right now, so I know what's going on. I'm actually even. I'm I haven't read it in probably a year, so I'm probably really far behind on the manga. But man, I legitimately got chills when I got to see Kirishima do his Red Riot Unbreakable on screen, and I was just like, mm-hmm. I just got chills talking about it. Like, because Kirishima is my favorite. Like Kirishima's quirk is not fancy; it's just he can harden his body. That's what it is, and he basically because he's like. At one point during the show, he's like, well, do I need to learn? I should learn some new tricks or some new moves to keep up with everybody. And literally the strongest people on the, in their class was like, no, 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 no. Don't worry about those tricks. Just make yourself an immovable force. And I'm like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, that's just like because he fights against the guy that literally I think his ability, his quirk is he has like bullet punches, like shotgun bullet punches. To where he's just like constantly punching and punching. He was actually like an MMA fighter and all that other stuff, and no one could ever beat him. And like mm-hmm. Kirishima, he passes out and almost dies, but he holds his own. That is the only bad guy in the Yakuza that the the bad guy was like, "Hey, fuck the Yakuza. I want to treat these. I'm going to treat you and Fat or Fat Gum and Kirishima because you guys are good fighters, and I want to be the ones that kill you." So he literally takes them to a first aid station in the hideout. And he's like, even Fat Gum's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you're the bad guy. He's like, I'm not that kind of bad guy. I have some kind of pride and morals. And I was like, that's the kind of bad guy I fucking like. I like the Vegetas is what it is, basically. <laughs> it's really more of a Goku. You think so? Like, well, I guess so. With Goku he gave, always wants to fight. I think, he gave Cell the Sensui Bean. That's, that's true. Sensui. The Sensui Bean. Yeah, that's true. But it's really good. The last part of part four is really like, because there's so much major shit that has gone down in the season Mm -hmm. that it's literally, it's just the school festival. And it's like, it's really like, have fun is what it is. It's just, and, uh, but the last episode is Endeavor proving why he is number one now. And uh, that episode was pretty fucking hype. It was, it was hype in the manga, but just, it's really fun to read the manga and then see it animated so because the animators for my hero academia are fucking amazing like they're so good it's the the animation is the reason i even got into the series anyway it's because i was seeing the sports festival and it was deku versus todoroki where deku uses 100 and todoroki starts using his fire side and i'm just like look i don't care if i'm weeping out right now like you need to go watch my hero academia if you haven't seen it, like start from the beginning. It's all on Crunchyroll. I even think it's on Hulu. Like you can watch it on Hulu as well. So okay, I would recommend going to watch that. Uh, we got next up. I'm going to start to Demon Slayer because I have heard that Demon Slayer is really, really good. My buddy Busta Wolf in the Discord said that he he watched it and then went went and read all the manga, and he was like, "This is a good series." Because the series has already ended in the manga. Like, it actually has a definite end. Oh, okay. He's like, it doesn't pull an Inuyasha or a Bleach or a Naruto. So it basically... Good. It gets in and it gets out. Like, Megalobox, Cowboy Bebop, Gurren Lagann. Doesn't, doesn't overstay its welcome. Yep, it doesn't. That's... Oh, God, Naruto did it so bad. I 
was going through Crunchyroll, and I was like, let me look at Naruto. I need to see, because I've read all of Naruto, so I know what happens. I yeah. went and looked at that last season. It is a fucking clusterfuck. Because there is so much... It's not... I get it. It's not flashbacks. It's the... One of the, the gen, genjutsus or whatever it is. The mind mm-hmm. ninja's abilities. But you're like, this is a six episode flashback or ultimate like dimension or something like that. I couldn't even decipher what was going on from just looking at the episode titles. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Naruto in general, especially during the last season or so, like even just reading the manga, the Great Ninja War is this giant fucking clusterfuck in general. Fighting the Atatsuki and then the Great Ninja War itself was like on the same level for me as the thousand year war with bleach or even the iran car arc in bleach where there is just no pause there's there's no like change in tempo it's just constantly like one fight after another fight after another fight after another fight (laughs) and it feels like they are so drawn out and they'll switch fights like the fight between yeah. the the big fucking like the number two Arankar against Soi Fong when she releases her fucking Bankai and it's that giant fucking missile that took like months to lead up to that and they were still fighting in Kamenarocho or whatever the fuck it's called like I think Kamenarocho is from Yakuza but whatever place <laughs> that that Bleach takes place in. Like, that entire arc just took so fucking long. You know, and it was absolutely unnecessary. I used to love, like, Naruto in the beginning is so good. Yes. And I really, when I started watching My Hero Academia, I was like, oh, this is everything that Naruto should have been. Yes. Like, this is how it should have been. Like, because there are, there, I would argue that there are this, about the same number of side characters in My Hero Academia as there is in Naruto. I would argue that there's more side characters. But guess what? They get fleshed out. Yeah. Like, they're so fleshed out, and it shows how they're important and why they're... I mean, the Ida arc happens in, like, season two. And, like, Ida is, like, always around from there on. But he's like, we got it. We got... He's overcame everything. Because that arc's amazing with, like, Stain and all that shit. Yeah. The Todoroki arc is in, like, the beginning of season two. I mean, technically his arc's still going. But, like him coming to terms with everything like that's it you just get all that shit out of the way but like and now they're even working on like in this season like side characters like what's uh, aoyama the guy that shoots the laser out of his belly button he gets a like an episode of screen time to like see why him and midoriya are friends and all that stuff so it's just it's so fleshed even characters from the other classes are fleshed out it's 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 such yeah a and that's anime. what i was getting at like my Hero Academia has like two whole classes that are going on. You have your A team and then you have your 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 juniors, the the ones that are like just trying to find their footing and shit like that. Well, and then you see them interact and do shit, but they actually them, do shit. But you see them surpass class A at some points. Yeah. And it's it, you say it's those two. It's not even those two. You you have so many other teams from other schools that they start realizing like 
uh, what's the wind guy like from the? I think it's from the Shiketsu school or something like that. Like you just start seeing like that. It's not just UA. It's all these mm-hmm. other schools. Like we're the only reason we're even at UA is because we're focusing on Deku and All Might and Bakugo. Like that's why right. we're there. But there's so many other like schools and all that shit. But no, I I'm gonna be watching some more anime this week. H2O calls me out and saying 50 episodes isn't a lot for a week. Uh, I watched that in f- four days. It was 50 episodes in four days. So it wasn't even a full week. <laughs> okay. But uh, I did play some games. You're not going to be happy with me with one of them, though. But I do have some good news that came out of that one. So a friend okay. of mine got me to start playing World of Warcraft. And the only reason I did was because you can actually use in-game gold to pay for playtime. And apparently my one character had like a shit ton of gold, so I got a free month. Okay, that's cool. So I, I played it. I played it for maybe four days. And I said, fuck this game. I, it's still the same shit. It's still the same dailies, like all that shit. I even went and played Classic. I tried to give Classic a go at. And I was like, this is fucking boring as shit. I have to walk everywhere, and this is more shit. Uh, I it's, appara- it's like I said, everyone who fucking plays WoW Classic learns within the first week or so, mm-hmm. like all the quality of life changes that have come since vanilla WoW. H2O says Final Fantasy XIV still better than WoW. Who knew? Uh, yes. Ho- hold on. Don't get far into but it. But it's, it's like, yeah, all the quality of life changes that we've seen in MMOs uh, being stripped away. That's WoW Classic. WoW Classic is for the fucking purists. I will tell you that. Like, those mm-hmm. are, like, the hardcore ones. But the good thing that came out of this was a couple days ago, Pat from Pat Stares At did a Final Fantasy XIV leveling tips stream to help new players out. So I watched it. It was about four hours long. And I watched it. And apparently, I was doing leveling correctly. Like, I know how to level in that game. And I went back, and I was like, man, I'm just looking at it. I'm like, this game is so good. Like, it just looks good. The way everything's implemented. You don't, if you if you visit a city, you don't have to go and visit it again. You can literally just pay a little bit of gold. And I'm talking a little bit of gold to just automatically teleport there. Because they know that yeah. their world is fucking humongous. So that's what, that's amazing. Uh, so I, I re-upped it. I re-upped my subscription uh, actually, I found out that I did not have Shadowbringers on my PlayStation 4, and that game is optimized for a controller so well. Like, it's probably the only MMO that is perfectly built for a controller. And uh, Shadowbringers was on sale, the physical version, on sale on Amazon for 20 bucks, and I went ahead and bought it. So I've been playing a little bit on my PC, but when the PS4 version comes in, I'm going to be playing a lot more hardcore on the PS4 version. My warrior is level 76. That is the first thing that he said was level your main character to cap. Get that done first. Because I think if you get to like if you have at least one character at level cap, you get an experience boost for all your side jobs. So the way that it works is that it's not necessarily to cap, but it's still you want to maximize it. Mm-hmm. Um the way that it works is that whoever is the highest leveled class all other subclasses, I think, get a 10 or 20% boost mm-hmm. to their experience. Yep. Um, it also goes into whenever you turn off the game, make sure that you're turning the game off 
in a city. In a town. Yep. Because you get resting experience and that meter on your experience bar will have a different shade and any experience that you gain up until the end of that meter is also boosted. Did you know uh, that it doesn't that meter and the rested XP does not work off of a number value? It works off of how much you have left in the bar. So Pat was explaining that if you go through, let's say you do uh, one of your daily roulettes and your daily mm -hmm. roulette gets you like a little bit under about to level. He's like, don't use another daily roulette. Go and do some like daily beast tribe shit to get you over and then do your daily roulettes because it like it. It's a it weird, works off of a percentage. It works off of, of a percentage of the bar, but not a percentage of the experience needed to level. If that okay. makes sense. And I think so. And then also you have like I pre-ordered Shadowbringers. So I got the Aetherite earrings that give you an experience boost up to level 80. You can even get uh, some stuff if you're starting off in the beginning that will boost you up into level 30. You always want to make sure to eat food, like, because that gives you an experience boost. Everything, like, so much stuff, like, gives you experience boost. They, it even goes into the point where Pat is like, once you reach an odd level, that's when you should do a dungeon. And when you're on an even level, that's when you should focus on your quest and your daily roulettes. Okay. Because he said you get the most advantage experience-wise when you are an odd level. Because that's when those odd those odd levels are when dungeons open up for you. Because instead of opening up on even numbers like most, like World of Warcraft and stuff, in Final Fantasy XIV, the dungeons open up on odd numbers. Like level 63 will open up a new dungeon, level 65, 67, 69, all that stuff. So, it's... I'm going to be playing a lot more of it. That's probably what my streams are going to be this week until my GameStop, which I'm going to go into, my pickups next. My GameStop haul. GameStop last Sunday had a buy two used, get two used free. And uh, it worked on retro games. So I was I wow. went through for three hours trying to see what they had retro-wise. And I also had to take into the fact, or take into fact that... I didn't want to get anything disc based that had that was usually in a case with a manual or something like that, because most of the time with GameStop, especially old PS2 and Dreamcast and N64 or not N64, but GameCube games, they're just going to send you the disc. And you're not going to get the manual and all that. So what I did was I wanted to keep it strictly to cartridges like N64 and Game Boy Advance, which I knew I would probably I would get a case later down the road. So I was able to pick up Pokemon Ruby, Pokemon Leaf Green. They didn't have Le uh, Fire Red. Otherwise, I would have got Fire Red because they were selling it for $35. And that goes for like $45. Yeah. Yeah. I got Pokemon Leaf Green. I got Pokemon Ruby. I got Metroid Fusion. And I got Banjo-Kazooie for right at $100. Which nice. I, added, I added it up, and that's like $170 value. So, oh, does that mean I'm getting my banjo kazooie back? Yes, I actually have it over with something else that I'm <laughs> shipping out tomorrow. So, <laughs> uh, nice. Those are supposed to be coming in on the 11th, which is probably like the end of this week. So, I'm gonna focus on playing some Final Fantasy 14. And uh, let me go grab this real quick because I want to show you guys this. So, I got my physical version from Limited Run of well, right now it says Bare Knuckle Four, but that is the reversible cover. It is uh, Streets of Rage Four. 
I got the physical version. And I, first of all, absolutely love this because I guess because things were taking so long, they gave everyone a free physical OST. Nice. And it has 18 tracks on it. I don't think it has all of the music in it because it doesn't have, I don't know, I have to double check. I don't think it has the sewer stage because I remember really liking the sewer stage music. But it has a lot of the other tracks. And what I fucking love is this little bitty fucking instruction booklet that is in the game as well. So they got a legit instruction booklet. Yeah, so like right above the cartridge, you can see here that it's it got the clip. It's got the clips in there and it slides in. So nice. It's it's super great. And then it, I think every limited run, uh, they have like trading cards. So like this mm-hmm. is a trading card for Streets of Rage 4. And uh, no, I'm really happy. I'm glad. I think this was $30, maybe like $35, $36 with shipping. So it wasn't too bad. So I might be playing that again. But other than that, I have officially gone into making the wheels and the cogs work with starting culinary courses at a local college. So I'm going to work on getting a culinary degree while I'm also getting some IT certifications. That sounds like you're going to be very busy. I am going to be very happy is what it is. (laughs) Okay. And that's what I've realized lately with some things going on with the work world that uh, it's to it's do the shit that you want to do. That's what you got. If you Mm -hmm. have an opportunity to actually do what you want to do, you got to fucking take it. So Mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to try and do. I actually reached out to Jason site, got some input from him. So, uh, We'll see. I fill out FAFSA, and I'm going to take a tour of the campus within the next couple of weeks. But I've been out of school nice. for so long, I have to take a placement exam because my ACT scores don't. <laughs> yep. I, last time I was in school was 2011. So I think Fuck my my mother-in-law said that credits are only good for like seven years. Ten years. Okay. But still, those are credits that I don't really need for a culinary course because they were IT classes. So <laughs> I, I think you'll be fine. Yeah. But that's all I got for my week. Cool. Mine is not as uh, interesting. <laughs> it's 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 a, really like more of the same. Xenoblade Chronicles, I am officially at the halfway point. It's wow. been 50 hours. I've been halfway? playing the game for 50 hours. So like I am trying to do the closest that I can to a 100% run. Oh, jeez. My, my goal is... Uh, some elements of the game Uh, colony six you have to rebuild this entire city and the big things that you have to focus on is like infrastructure um, the the marketing not really marketing but like commerce uh, nature trying to rebuild it and then there's like special little morale boosting bullshits and then after so long if once you upgrade it and you get the population to grow because there's a sub goal to get the population from like zero to 150 uh you have to start recruiting people from around the world to go to colony six and then okay. so it's it's kind of like the stupid bullshit of like in Final Fantasy X, you have to constantly recruit people to join your uh your blitzball team. It's a little bit like that. And uh, then you're constantly totally getting called about up. That shit. <laughs> and then you get called up and it's like, hey, you gotta go defend Colony Six. And it's it's fucking Fallout 4 all over because there's another fucking uh <laughs> 
piece of land that you got to go defend. I forget the actual term that they use. Uh, but anyway, uh, playing that game through again, one, um, has made me fall in love with it all over. Uh, the storyline is fantastic. And I know that I've gushed about it before, but like the biggest thing that I've been seeing Xenoblade or the Xenoblade IP go is that they kind of lost their footing with X and then they tried to do the cheap way out with a story that is more anime driven. And that is what Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is. And it's not a bad game, but Xenoblade Chronicles 1 is so heavily focused on humanity, the dichotomy of the uh, ideals and emotions that someone would have. It's not, it's, it's very more survival based. Right. Um, right. And, and I, I, I'd, I'd really like to like, just find some time to actually like write down my thoughts and actually talk about it sometime in the future. But right now I'm just really enjoying it. The game is absolutely fucking gorgeous. The, the day and night cycles, like it, it transforms the environments that you're in. Like the, the cheap way of saying it is like, yeah, it's, it's difference is like night and day. No, <laughs> they're fucking gorgeous. Like fucking the, I'm in this area called Aerith Sea and I'm a little bit past that, but like there are just certain nights where the entire night sky is lit up with shooting stars going around the, the fucking mountains and shit like that. It's absolutely fucking gorgeous for switch game. Um, so I've, I've been, I've been really taking my time with that. Um, the second half of the story kind of speeds up because you've already, there's only one more settlement that you come into contact with. Mm -hmm. And the, there's, I think there's over a thousand side quests, which is the reason why everything is taking so long. So I'm coming towards the the tail end of that once i just focus on colony six i'll be able to speed through and finish that off and then there's extra story so i have to see what the extra story is uh <laughs> guilty gear xard i have made rank 25 so i'm halfway to my goal i'm still working on that i'm still working on that the goal is to get to rank 30 then i'll be satisfied with myself then i know that i am a a decent player and wait if, if people who don't know if What's that? If you said you're at 25 and you're trying to get to 30 and you said you're only halfway? No, no, no. I, I, I'm halfway through Xenoblade. I didn't say I was halfway oh, through Guilty Gear. Okay. If I did, then I misspoke. Okay. Um, the, the thing with Guilty Gear is I think like the top rank is 40. Like that's that's like your cap. That's no, like so the, they go reverse. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So – your red belts, like your your intermediates to advances, that's where I'm at. And there is a big skill difference between 20s and 30s, like gotcha. a huge difference. Like anybody who's like a rank one can go into a fight with somebody that's like rank 11 or maybe even low rank 20 and still beat their ass because it's like you're kind of trying to figure out where they actually fall in the ranking system. Right, right, right. As far as the the higher ranks or so, is like that is like very solid, like very much like the difference between a rank twenty five and a rank twenty six is some is is significant, at okay. least in my opinion, because um, you try to go into lobbies and the lobbies are the wild west because you don't know who you're going to get <laughs> paired up with. So, I I like the idea of going into lobbies because 
you're able to find out what the meta is and find out, you know, uh, all these different people that are trying to play. But like when you get stuck in a room that's just full of beginners, mm -hmm. like you're not teaching yourself anything. But then when you go into a room that's full of everybody who's like rank 30 and higher who've been playing the game for fucking ever and we got like fucking low, t low key Evo champions in there that just keep on beating your ass. Nobody wants to play with you. And I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. This is some bullshit. <laughs> this is some bullshit. So I'm going to find some Discord servers. I'm going to see if they have like any online tournaments and go from there. But I mean, that's fun. Uh, Happy Dude and I played Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. That Happy good. Dude beat my ass in Power uh, Battle for the Grid. He's, he's all right. He's all right. He's all right in that game. Uh, Is he all right? Or mind are you, you just dumb at the game? Oh, I'm I'm terrible at the game. So I gave myself <laughs> like a good twenty to thirty minute uh, training mode session in there because right. I actually tried playing that game with my son, but that just devolved into fucking uh, a shit show. Yeah, like Alexi's just like do the cool move with the Red Ranger. Do it again. Do it oh, again. I he, don't want to be a bad guy. Does he watch like, Power get Rangers? To, does he know anything about the he, Power he Rangers? He watches Power Rangers every now and then. He's you need to get him watching uh, Sentai all Warriors. Over the, place. the Super Sentai Warriors shit. Co Kamen Rider and all that shit. I need to get him into like one thing and have him focus. He needs to be on his medication. <laughs> like He needs to focus on one thing because it's really hard to get him to focus on one thing. Like father, like son. <laughs> Yes, very similar to that. Uh, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. Then I played a little bit of Fighters Legacy, which is a, a, a uh, early access fighting game. It they've marketed it for being very um, casual, okay. and what they're doing is they're taking uh, fighters through like cinema history and making like a copy of it. So you have your Bruce Lee character, right, and right. he's very obviously Bruce Lee, and he yeah. fights like Bruce Lee. But you he, got your the combat. <laughs> I, I guess I think they're going for more old school, older gotcha, gotcha. style uh, fighters. Uh, it's not a pretty game at all. Those character models they they look like they came straight out of the pit of hell. They um, came out of Satan's asshole. <laughs> like the way that Bruce Lee just like contorts his body, it's literally like angulating and shaping his body in like unnatural. Does it poses. have the voice though? Does like oh no 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 no. And stuff like that. No, I, 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 I don't know if I had the the voices turned off, but I didn't hear any fucking voices. Hmm. Like no voice acting work, no nothing. Huh. But no. Uh, after that, I played some uh, Kukiyomi. That's pretty much the game that me and Tiff played. Kukiyomi okay. is a game on the Switch. I'm, I'm sure it's on other things, but it is a game that is kind of like I don't want to know if they're going to say it's based on life in Japan, but I remember the first one being like. Japan has a very weird social dynamic where you're always trying to be considerate of other people. Right. So it's Chris, that's like not the weird. Warrior. That's how it should be. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Like, but in their culture's terms. It's weird for Americans. <laughs> Maybe for Americans because we're all rude. But in Kukiyomi 2, uh, it's all about doing whatever you can to be considerate for the people around you. So, for example, it's it's like the WarioWare games where you have, like, five oh, okay. seconds to make a decision and whether you're considerate or inconsiderate. 
Uh, so, for example, you're at a baseball game. Somebody shoots a, a pop fly going to the crowds. There's a little kid behind you. Do you grab the ball or do you sit down and let the little kid get it? Oh, yeah. I've seen this game. I watched Game Grumps play this. One yeah, of the so games, it's, a, it's a cute little game. One of it's, the games it's is right. like trying to get onto a train without running into people and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like one of them is like you see somebody leave their their lane for the train. You have people behind you. Do you switch lanes to allow them to go on? Yes or no? Uh, At first, I was doing my best to be as considerate as possible, but then it just got to a point where I'm like, yo, fuck these kids. Fuck these people. I'm (laughs) done with it. So, for example, like one of them is just like you're on an elevator and you have this group of people trying to get in, but you're a big fat dude. Yeah. yeah, Do you move out the way? No. No. You lose, right? Wait. No, it just says that after every, after every five uh, uh, tasks or some shit like that, they'll turn around and say, uh, you were not very considerate or your consideration was marginal or something like that. Gotcha, so it never gotcha. outright tells you, it's like, yo, you're being a fucking dick. And at the end of all 100 instances, they'll turn around, they'll say, it was like, how considerate that you are and I'm, I'm a mostly considerate person i probably don't belong in japan but you know for an american it works out all right so yeah there you go i forgot to talk about uh on thursday night throwdown it was supposed to be anarchy reigns but i think a lot of people were busy and no one wants to just see two people play anarchy reigns so mm. uh i bought heave ho on steam and how'd that uh, go that game was super fucking fun, and we didn't realize we were playing it for three hours. It was so I fun. saw the one clip where you made, like, the impossible code that shot. Cl- I was trying to do that all night. Like, I was just being like, eh. And I was like, ah, no, not on this one. And then I got it, and then uh, it was so good. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll post that link, or I'll post that clip. I think it's actually in our discord it's in the discord it's in our discord Discord. and i dude that game's so fun for five bucks and you can parsec it like that's Mm -hmm. what we i don't think i think it's just uh, couch co-op but with parsec i mean there was a scotty said there was a little lag with me like telling him to do things but there was no gameplay lag so that's good uh which is really good because we're probably going to be using parsec uh, a lot for the uh dreamcast marathon this year so Mm-hmm. we've been working on a template for that for like the streaming template we're wanting to do some webcams and all that and have chat have game have a bunch of banners and like sponsors and stuff at the bottom so but you also have to take it in effect if you do a discord call and have all the webcams captured that way but if someone leaves then you have to adjust all the webcams again yeah it it, it, it fucks things I, I would up. like to get a dedicated four people that would be like I'm never gonna turn my webcam off but I will like mute it or like Something like that if I need to go away or something. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. We're still working no, on, that, on that. So. But, no, I want to play more games like that. I bought uh, with the Steam Summer Sale right now. Because if you spend $30, you get, like, $5 off. You get a $5 coupon. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I bought Mother Russia Bleeds. I bought Heave Ho. I bought – I'm trying to think of the ones that I bought. I bought Tembo the Badass Elephant because I saw it was made by Sega. And I was like, what? Yeah. So, yeah, that was during the time where they were trying to tr- – uh promote new mascots and it just never the game never for three dollars like under four dollars I'll, I'll give the game a shot so i think hell yeah is another example of them trying i've to, had hell yeah for a long time so let me go look and see but i know that i bought uh hevo tembo i bought strafe i had seen funhouse play strafe before 
and it looks like a kind of like a doom like kind of game but it's like random randomly generated dungeons and it's all about moving real fast and all that stuff so i bought that and uh, i bought gang beasts uh that's another one that we 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 would have need to have like four dedicated people on that one because that game is so fun with four people heave ho is too mm-hmm. heave is more than i think it's up to four people with heave ho so those are the kind of games that i want to have on the back burner like especially if we parsec them i am just the one that needs them so i would encourage everyone that does play it to buy them but we yeah. just technically need me to have it and then people can parsec in so i bought a bunch of games that would be good for thursday night throwdown so and right then other that's that is actually all i did for my week <laughs> i want to touch on this one thing h2o wrote on 100 percent xenoblade is a chore chugger nori did it he had 119 edited episodes averaging 30 minutes per video it lasted almost 10 months on three to four videos per week i feel chris's pain as i actually watched most of it uh most of the let's play asking halfway through when will this end no no so like there are gaming sessions with Xenoblade where all I'm doing is side quests for hours. Jesus. Like, I just there, – there is a tipping point, and it's usually around Chapter 9 where you can actually catch up and catch your breath because different side quests will pop up depending on what time or how far in the story you are. Right. And I'm now at the point where things are slowing the fuck down. Gotcha, gotcha. And they'll eventually pick back up, but it's it's mostly like because you want to get five star affinity. You want to have like that level five affinity with all five of the uh, oh social links. Kinda, yeah. Okay. It's it's like that, except you're trying to promote an entire community, not just get into the pants of one chick. So look, yeah. If I want to get in the pants same, same. Of, uh, of Kanji, I'll get in the pants of Kanji if I want to. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not judging you. It's kind of like the difference of, like, Kanji and then Kanji's extended family. That's really what I want to say. He fights you have to fuck chair. everybody in Kanji's extended family. I bet you they all fight with chairs. I bet you they're they're all, they're all like, this, this tight-knit Yakuza family. I told you the story with the Kanji in Persona 4 Ultimax, right? I had to have. No. I think no. I did, but I'll re- you have a brain problem, so I'll tell you again. So... Uh, Thank you. Uh, my buddy Buster Wolf in the Discord, he mained Kanji when that game first mm-hmm. came out. And he's like, I know Kanji's top bottom tier. I don't care. I want to play as Kanji. He fights with a fucking chair. It's awesome. So he goes yeah. to a tournament and he's not expecting to do well, but he plays against our other friend that is from that local area and he's a Yosuke player. Yosuke was pretty good in that game at the beginning. And yes. My buddy just beat the shit out of him to the point where my other buddy threw his hat on the ground and he goes, how is this a bad matchup for Yosuke? And it's not a bad matchup for Yosuke. Well, no, uh, and Buster Wolf goes, Kanji's the worst character in the game. Like, <laughs> That's actually like a really valid, um, not one, valid strategy too. like a common thing that ends up happening in finding game communities or just like going to locals or even like huge tournaments. Yeah. Because people will practice what the meta is. Like it's they get blinded. A tier list, a tier list. Yeah. On one hand, a tier list in a fighting game is uh, what is the potential 
of a specific character when it comes down to uh, starting frames, recovery frames, yeah. uh, size of hitbox versus hurtbox, uh, range of movement, and all those things just getting factored together. Uh, but it's also that combined with what's the win rate that you see at tournaments, but also the frequency that those characters show up. So when characters are in the higher tiers, let's take Guilty Gear, for example, because that's my background. Uh, the tier, the, the meta right now is just pretty much don't expect to fight a Slayer all that much, <laughs> a Faust, not a Faust, not a Faust, Faust is common, uh, a Slayer, an Axel Lowe, a Potemkin, a fucking, uh, there's like six characters yeah. that you're just like, look, there is a very low likelihood that you're going to get matched but up against these characters. still a because- possibility. But there's still a possibility, so, thus, with Busta Wolf choosing Kanji. Yes. And that's usually the big dick play, where it's just like, oh, word, you're going you're gonna to come at me with your high tier, your top tier? I'm going to bring Kanji out, and you have no matchup knowledge against yeah, this dude. If you you don't even know what his moveset him, is. Yeah, even if he's bottom tier, if you've never practiced against him, then you don't know what the fuck to expect. Exactly. Well, he wanted to play Kanji exactly. because he loves Kanji, and also Kanji was like the only grappler in the game, like one of the only grapplers in the game. Yeah, it's 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 a very similar situation with that one kid that was playing Tekken Seven, 7 and chose the fucking panda. Like he chose Komi or <laughs> yeah, whatever his name and is, and he was beaten. And ass. he went up against D. He went up against D, who is the best player in the world at the time. And I, he still might still be. I don't know if that Pakistani kid actually dethroned him in the long term. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, he he was constantly getting like top eights in these tournaments. Like his wall was knee, but knee is just like, who the fuck is this kid with the panda? <laughs> and he was like, oh shit, hold on. <laughs> yeah. So no, nah, that's, that's some good shit. That's how that shit goes. That's uh, a, that's a legitimate strategy though. Like it's it's like going to a magic tournament and playing like the deck in modern that no one has sideboard for because the percentage of it being at a tournament is slim to none. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, Oh, I have no way to beat this. It's like <laughs> mill. They're like, there are some stupid ass legitimate mill decks in modern that you will see. Mm-hmm. And I saw humans when I was at a uh, PT or magic fest, Phoenix, I saw a guy playing, I was playing Valakut and I was, I just beat an eight rack player. And I was super happy with the way I beat it too. Was uh, he targeted something in my? He targeted a Valakut in my graveyard, but then I played something to where I was able to exile the Valakut. No, I played Pulse of Marasa that brought the Valakut from my graveyard back to my hand, and he had to call a judge. So, on, he called the judge on me, and he was like, "He he's like, you know, the Valakut goes away, and the judge is like, no." That's, no, how the that's, st- not the stack. that's how the stack works, buddy. He played that in response of you playing surgical extraction. So, or I don't, I think, I think it might be surgical extraction. I don't know. If surgical. Well, surgical extraction pretty much dictates if I, I pick a card that I know, has I know been but played. I don't think surgical extraction can hit lands. It was something that could hit lands because Valakut is a okay. land. Uh, but mm-hmm. I played Pulse of Marasa to get that land from my graveyard and gain six life. So, and the guy was like, yeah, he could totally do that. And that guy was not happy. So then I turned to my left where the humans guy was getting his ass handed to him by a mill player. (laughs) To the point where he would draw a card, the guy would make a mill. And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, sure, whatever. I'm going to make you mill me. I'm going to make you mill me. I was like, dude, this guy's pissed. (laughs) 
but he wasn't ready for it. Like, no, I wouldn't have. I would have been ready for that mill deck. Like, come on. So it's the same with like picking low tiers. So that's some good shit. I love that shit. I'll play eight mm-hmm. rack at a. I played eight rack at a regionals, and no one was ready for that shit. The I lost two games because the only reason I lost those games is because I hadn't played eight rack enough. I would have won those games. So you just didn't know the matchup. I just didn't know with the deck good enough. Like there were parts okay. where I was holding my Muta Vault back when I should have been attacking with the Muta Vault and I would have mm-hmm. won. But I was just I ended up going like like five three or something like that. I went re- I did really well at a regionals. With That's eight not rank. bad. That's like one point away one win away from day two. So Well, regionals isn't like a day two thing, but it's Oh no? No, regionals is just like you play until it's over. Like regionals isn't as big as GPs. Oh, I didn't know that. Regionals are a lot smaller. So Granted, person. there was still like a, like around a hundred people there, but it was still mm-hmm. like not as big. Like they do it all in one day, and uh, but yeah, I was just having so much fun. People were like, "Hey, like they're like, who the fuck is playing eight rack at regional?" I was like, eight <laughs> <laughs> rack is such a degenerate deck. I love it so much. You get to play one of the best planeswalkers in modern, which is Liliana the Veil. Mm-hmm. You get to play, you get to play Shrieking Affliction. You get to play Raven's Crime, which people don't fucking remember. Like they have to read Raven's Crime every time, because it's Raven's Crime is target player discards a card. I believe I don't know. I might be paraphrasing it, but it has retrace. Where if I discard a land, I get to bring it back from the graveyard and put it in my hand again. So I just get to keep using it. On top of all the other, you got Thought Seize, you've got you know Inquisition of Kozilek, you've got the Rack Shrieking Affliction. And then, like, all this other shit, too. So, I don't know. A lot of people hate, hate, in my meta, hate 8-Rack so much. So. All right. So, obviously, within the last couple of weeks, we're going to go on and say that it's probably been about a month. Yeah. There really hasn't been a week that hasn't had um, controversy within the FGC. It's kind of just been at this constant state of bullshit that's constantly going on. Something new always happening. This last week was pretty much the breaking point for both the FGC and the Smash community. And I don't I don't mean to separate the two, but there's a lot of people that do. Um and so I think we should just acknowledge both of them. Um first big news it's like it's not it's not really controversy, but it's still an important thing. Uh, fighting game pro Knuckle Dew was involved in a serious car accident last week, uh, reported on July 2nd. Reports came from a close friend of his that he had gotten into a bad wreck, reached out to his Twitter followers to report that the injuries were serious. Well, the, the um, reason it was brought up was because of uh, recently the, uh, I have to find it, but he was, I think he was good friends with the Twitch uh, WoW streamer that, uh, yeah, here it is, uh, Byron Reckful Bur- uh, Burstein that took his life earlier, I think last week or earlier this week. Oh, wow. I did not know about that. Yeah, Burstein was only 31 years old, and he was like, had a million followers on Twitch and all that. And I believe uh, Knuckledoo had like, re- had like tweeted out to him, was like, hey, like after he found out, he was like stepping away for a while and all that, and then literally like six hours later, he got in the car wreck. That's insane. Yeah, dude, it's fucking nuts. 
Um, there has been an update to that story. Um, I don't think I have that update yet. Kevin Barrios, who apparently is a close friend uh, to Knuckle Dew, mm-hmm. says Dew is receiving treatment and is expected to make a long but full recovery. I'll update y'all as time goes on. So it seems like he's expected to come out of this, but... I mean, Tracy Morgan got in a really bad car wreck, and he was out of commission for like two years, so... Yeah, so whether we see him again competing in the Capcom Cup or whatever comes after that is yet to be seen, but, you know, we wish him the best. It it sucks. Yeah, I've been following Knuckle Dude. I've actually, when I was doing beat art, I did a lot of beat art for Knuckle Dude, too. Wow. Bit of an update to the story, uh... Knuckle Dew updated his Twitter account on the 6th of July saying that he will be putting down his controller uh, and retiring. In quote, I will be putting down my controller. Furthermore, I will step away from social media since generally I can't offer you guys anything more. Uh, Life is short and unforgiving. Call your loved ones, make amends, go outside, and don't let the social media consume you. Take care. Let's hit the next thing and this is kind of like the start of everything that's going on yeah Skullgirls lead gameplay designer mike z accused of inappropriate behavior um this comes off the tails of his last big gaffe on stream during a tournament where he made a poorly timed uh really racist joke about the george floyd situation yeah um you know, and at the time, people were forgiving him and saying, like, hey, it's it's all right. People make mistakes. People have lapses in judgment. Um, but, you know, let's do our best to move past this. I'm going to sit my chair up a little bit higher. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I'm constantly sinking. Um, but then just, just last week, I think it was, like, on Sunday, uh, Monday, he got accused of ha- having this really heinous – conversation it was weird man. with a cosplayer and twitch streamer named bunny au mm. who was trying to get into the fgc or was a part of the fgc in one way or another uh Kurt was getting into skull girls and shit like that and apparently she had this really weird and awkward conversation with mike z paragraphs and paragraphs of information like just uh, just listen to this one i got here the mm-hmm. one the one that sonic fox had retweeted it's, this is from Mike Z. It says, hmm, I'm sure you get messages from humans with penises asking that kind of stuff pretty regularly. So if you prefer, how about I acknowledge the brain inside the lady? Dude. That's that's like, just hard listening to that. That's cringe, dude. That's like cringe. Yeah. Dude. That's like not white knighting, but that's like m'lady. Like real hard. Uh, I see that you're using the term correctly this time. You're the one that used the term wrong. Hey. <laughs> trying to call me out. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Malady. <laughs> anyway. Jesus. But yeah, th- people don't talk like that. Like, well, I don't know. People make. So he talks like that. Apparently, people do talk like that. It's just. He talks like that. Oh, uh, man. Like that that's that's cringe. That's that's really like annoying cringe. Like yeah, he 
he's just a freak. Like, like I, I don't know how else to fucking explain it. He's just a fucking freak. I would okay. So I wouldn't say freak. I would say skeezy. If that's a bit like a little, that's because like some people are freaks. That's fine mm-hmm. if you're freaky. Some people want to be freaky, but this sure. is just like sh- this is super skeezy. Like this is just like weird and dirty, real mm-hmm. weird and dirty. This no, is, no, that, but, that was. This is not all of it either. This is just the tip of the fucking iceberg. I mean, I think Sonic Fox made a good point. Where it's just like you know you you do one thing and we apologize and you apologize for it. And we give you the benefit of the doubt. Yep. You know that's that's okay. That's one s- screw up. Having another one on top of that, that's a fucking habit. That's a habit, and that's when we need to to cut you and off. We were we were wondering too because we were like, why aren't these big like? And it was more pertaining to the. Uh, the Chris G stuff like Sonic Fox speaking out, but he is speaking out against one of his things. He said his actions don't speak on behalf of the Skullgirls community as a whole. Nobody likes what he did here. His actions do not reflect the integrity of the Skullgirls community at all. And we will be sure consequences are carried out appropriately. At which I would say like, what consequences can you really dish out? He's, he's the programmer. So I mean, like, Sure, you can remove him. You could say, like, whatever comes next after Skullgirls. Like, if there's a Skullgirls 2, you can remove him from that. Uh, it doesn't change the influence that he put in the game. And, you know, that's just something that's going to be a part of the community forever. Yeah. And what's sad is it's it's it, Skullgirls is a good game. Like, it's a really yeah. good fighter. It's one of the best fighters, I would think, out there. But, like, to have this, like, it's like a... It's just tainted now a little bit. I I think that's a that's what everyone is trying to avoid, right? Like, but they need to acknowledge what like the history of it. So you have to acknowledge it and accept, like, be like, this is what happened. You can't just try mm-hmm. to just like delete it from history because you can't do that shit. You got to see it so that shit like this won't happen again. I I don't think that that's what they're trying to do. I, I think that they're, you know, the, the community is grieving. Yeah. They're grieving because, like, pretty much they're the god that created this game, the god that provided this game, turns out to be a fucking piece of shit. I just and watched the stream with him, Wooly, and Sharpie. Like, yeah. It made the game hype as shit. I was like, I don't know how to play this game, but it looks so great. Like, yeah. Ugh, but the, the problem is, it's kind of like the same thing with music. Uh, perfect example, Lost Profits. Oh, um, yeah. Once, once the the news got out about Ian Watkins about the whole the whole kid situation, like it tainted their music. Nobody listens to Lost Profits because anybody who knows about the Lost Profits knows about the situation, mm. and they don't want to deal with that know, shit. A very similar situation uh, as I lay dying when the lead singer of As I Lay Dying tried to kill his wife like the entire band broke up and people were just you know some people said yeah separate the music from the bandmates themselves and i get that yeah and while i don't agree with that sentiment in music i get it for this and maybe that should really be an an opportunity for me to reevaluate yeah i don't know the original lineup for queens of stone age was like that too Really, the bass player. He was an amazing bass player, but Jason Holmes uh, found out that he was uh, beating his girlfriend and like doing shit to her. And he was like, 
get the fuck out of my band right now. <laughs> it was just like, like that was the best case scenario, I guess, that could have happened. Like, he found out, took appropriate action, and kicked him the fuck out, regardless of how good of a musician he was, because he wouldn't stop. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But no, yeah, the, what's happening with this is it's it's heart-wrenching to see that people had to go through this. And like I said, this is just the tip of the iceberg with the shit that we have to talk about. Yeah. it's 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 unfortunate. And, you know... I, I'm hoping that the player base for Skullgirls, because Skullgirls wasn't just Mike Z. No. Yeah, he was a programmer. He he had a huge part in creating the game. Everything uh, that we're about to talk about is these people aren't the game that they are that they always right. play. So don't take like the people that we we're about to talk about, specifically probably with the Smash community the most. Don't let yeah. Smash get tainted for you because of these shitty people. Yeah. But moving on from there. Uh, oh, it's next thing. Mike Z was banned from Combo Breaker 2021 following yeah. Skullgirls community request. Uh, the community valid. requested that. Valid. Uh, our goal is to create a, a gaming space that is welcoming for all participants, regardless of their race, gender, sexual orientation, appearance, age, disabilities, and other protected statuses. Due to this, we believe that Mike Zaramount, also known as Mike Z, should no longer be welcome in the commentary or participating in events in the Skullgirls community. Wow. The yeah, request was I, posted by t- uh, to Twitter by Sheila the Purple Sharpie Moore, who yep. was the same person that was on that commentating when he said the I can't breathe joke. And the same person Good. that was uh, on the stream with Wooly when he was, when him and Wooly and her were like basically showing off the game. Good. Uh, it looks like they're recommending Mike Z be banned from commentary indefinitely and from competition for two years as a result of his actions. So I mean, he should. July 30th, 2022. It's. He's already stated that he can't talk well in front of like a, in a group of people. Why would you have someone like that commentating? I have no fucking clue. Like, if you know that you have the social anxiety, if you know that you can't talk to people or you can't, like, adequately promote your game or yeah. whatever it is that you're selling, get someone else to do it. Maybe it's like, different because else. it's something he loves and has worked on so much. Maybe it's, like, the one thing he can talk about and, like, talk about right, but and not apparently. It, it didn't it didn't work out. <laughs> no, and the thing is, is, like, if, if, this is, if this is coming out now, think about, like everything else that was going on behind the scenes like what's going like think about shit that was starting early so and it sucks because like i knew about mike z before Skullgirls because he was a very talented guilty gear x2 player mm-hmm. like he very strong potemkin player um so it's it's i watching him play seeing what he did with Skullgirls. It, like i'm not a big fan of Skullgirls. But I appreciate what he's done for the community as far as his contributions. But, like, there, there is a line where you got to say, like, nah, bro, you need to fucking go. Yeah, you're done, man. You need to fucking go. You're done. Like, go so, and work on yourself. Get shit right. And then maybe down the road you can make some kind of I, I think that he has the opportunity to make a comeback in one way or another. But I... Uh, compared not, to everybody else? Not in a... Yeah. Compared to everybody I, else we're going to talk about, yeah. So, like he might have done some creepy ass weird text messages and shit, but this other shit we're about to go into is just like people that are watching or listening like we're going to report on what happened. 
So yeah. if you do get, if this does make you mad or it does upset you, this is the one time I think we will apologize in advance, but this is stuff that we're going to talk about. Like we had to talk yeah. about it. We said in the beginning, it was going to be a hard thing to talk about. And that's what we're going to do. So let's just move into it. Let's do it. Um, sexual abuse allegations surfacing in the fighting game community. Uh, NRG Esports released top Super Smash Brothers player Nairobi Nairo Quesada on Thursday following allegations that he engaged in a sexual relationship in April 2017 with fellow pro Zach Captain Zach Louth, who was a minor then. Uh, this morning, we were made aware of a disturbing information involving Nairo. NRG released in a statement on Twitter, we handle this situation incredibly seriously, and NRG has severed tied with, with Nairo. Um, Nairo was 20 years old at the time, um, and it, go, it goes pretty deep because it's not just the, the sexual relationship that he had with Captain Zack. There was also, like, match-fixing yeah. uh, behind the scenes between, like, he was literally paying him off money to take L's whenever they were matched up against each other. And apparently they, you know, he'd give Captain Zack one and then he'd take one. And it was just this relationship of trying to uh, bolster one's career, which is something weird because it's like anytime that you see a top player um, take a young aspiring prodigy under yeah. their wing – you really got to wonder what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it's now, different if they that, were like that's friend, gonna... it's different if they were like friends beforehand or maybe mm -hmm. it's like brother sister kind of thing or something like that. But, or the person's like, a, I mean, we could, I mean, probably a year ago, someone would have been like, Oh, this guy's a good guy. He's not going to do it. He not going to do anything. You just don't know with people, man. They get, and I talked about this. I was talking about it in H2O's Discord with some people. I said people get a little bit of power, a little mm -hmm. bit of power, and they don't know how to use it correctly. And sadly, most of the time, they end up abusing it. And that's what's happening with a lot of these situations is a lot of these people are abusing their powers, whether they're you know high-level players or in other situations, just manipulators that we've seen. And uh, just it's 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 really really rough to talk about but it's i'm glad that these i'm not glad that the situations happened don't get me wrong on that the things that happened were gross and they should have never happened but i am happy that this shit is coming to light yeah this everything that's going on it is ultimately a good thing yeah. that's taking place like we need this to happen definitely but, definitely Pretty much uh, K-Sizzle, who was uh, Kelvin Quesada, Nairo's manager, has announced in the Discord that uh, Nairo is just pretty much done, which rightfully so. Strip everything from that man. Yep. Take everything away. Like, no Twitch. He's lost his sponsorships. He's deleting his Twitter. He is done. You, which I'm now curious to know. No, it's not. Um there was a video, and I think that it's in here somewhere. Um, there is a video that Omni did. Omni is another prominent YouTuber within the uh, the community that pretty much he was like, y'all need to go to jail. Yeah. Like, you, you need to go to jail. You need to pay for what you have done. Exactly. Like, there, there is no you, – you can't 
you can't repay this in conventional means. You need to suffer. You, you have taken you something away. You took away innocence. You took away. You manipulated and you're pedophiles. Is what it is. It doesn't matter. Like if you were 20 years old and 14, the one that I don't know if we're going to talk about it, but that makes me sick the most is the one with puppy and senpai where she was 24 years old and he was 14. And I looked, I've seen puppy when he was 14, she was 24. She was 10 years older than that. Yeah. Time. Puppy looks like even being 14, he still looked like he was 10 man. Like how, what? that's a baby, man. Like fuck off. Like fuck off, dude. It makes me there, sick. It, like, and they're not the only one. Fucking uh, D1 was accused of raping uh, another community member. Uh, also, what's his name? Uh, Kataro. They were also accused of raping uh, an inebriated community member. Um, Ally was his name got thrown back into the uh, the fray because the whole situation between uh, Zachary. Or maybe it might have been uh, fucking Captain Zack as well. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I don't know. But, Sadly, I don't know all a lot of these players by like their names and shit like that. Mm -hmm. But dude, man. Uh, rape is rape, the one man. that rape is rape. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something, and it's my my stance is it's like you know statutory rape is rape. Yes, but I understand to a degree. Not saying that I'm condoning it, but I get the mindset, and I go back to Anti for this one. Anti, and just going based off of what he says, Anti's situation is that he had engaged in a sexual encounter with a girl who had said that she was 18, per his word. Turns out that she was 15. Admitted it. Admitted it and says, like, you lied to me and said that you were 18. Now, whether that's true... I don't know. A lot of people are saying that it's not. Not the point that I'm getting at. When I was in the Corps, my Marines, we always had this conversation. It was just like, no matter who it is, you always card them. Ideal. No matter who it is, you always card them. There is no exceptions. If they don't want to show you the card, all right, move on. No, that's that's it. That's the end of it. Anti says, like, you can't use Tinder unless you're 18 years old. Her age said she was 18. Motherfucker, you could fucking fake your age on anything. Anything yeah. app-based. What, what, you're, you're going to get your mom's fingerprint to allow you to go on fucking Tinder? Get the fuck out of here. I was in, I was in a mess of uh, chat rooms that were supposed to be 18 and over, and I was not 18. But I still like, got in those chat rooms. I get it. I really do. Yeah. Because certain people mature faster than others. No excuse. Zero. None. You always need to card the people that you're interacting with. When you're when you're in a situation like that, 100%. But based on the shit that they were that they were talking about that they were that they were going into, like they didn't give a fuck. They didn't give a good fucking goddamn. It, like I don't know. It, it, there are lines to be drawn where it's just like, okay, somebody is, is underage, but they looked older, right. but then you have situations like Puppe and, and Sinipai or whatever her Sinpai, fucking name yeah. is, Sinpai, Dude. where 
Sorry. Before like you, fucking be, 10 year difference. Yeah. Between the two of them. That's heinous. Did you see that she switched her Twitter account really quick? No. It, it used to be like Sinpai Speak Out. And then she switched it to like Sinpai something else. It's no longer Speak Out after the allegations no. came out. No, I had no idea. Dude, it's disgusting. That's insane. Yeah, D1, uh, Kataro, the Because I can tell you, community... too, a lot of these people that if, like, the pedophiles, if they went into jail, they're done. Like, they're oh, yeah. in jail. That's the one thing that murderers, drug dealers, all that, I mean, even, even I mean, to the point, rapists, they're like, we kill pedophiles. <laughs> like... That's what happened with Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, my question is just like, how many of these situations are actually going to go to litigation? I, how many of these situations are there input, going to I be? I, I have a hard time. Like, Nairo is probably the most prolific of uh-huh. everything. Um, the situation with uh, Duran and fucking Kataro. I can see that possibly going to litigation because it was rape. But a big factor in that is will the victims go and step up to press criminal charges against these people? And I don't know. A lot lot of them, it looks like a lot of them just wanted to get it off their chest. I don't know if they want to go as far as taking legal actions, but yeah. And I don't, I don't know what the statutes of limitations are with some of these cases because the cases, some of them cases go date back way on back. And some of them are as recent too. as like 2016, 2017. Like it, it's there's a, a large vari- variables. Like yeah, I mean you got one. The one with I mean we'll we'll get into it, but with Joey Cooler was it 2001. Yeah, that's tw- 19 years ago. That's crazy. Also, I feel fucking old that's as fucking shit to nuts. say 2001 is 19 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's that's scary. I was like 11, 12 years old. I was, but, I was a year older than you. Yeah. The there's been a, a large um, response from the Smash community. Mars says that there needs to be actual repercussions for this stuff. Getting banned isn't even a slapped on the wrist. When a lot of these people just deserve to be locked up. Yeah. Uh, Zero, which, goddamn. Zero says moving forward, the Smash Brothers community needs to change. A reform needs to happen. Minors need to be protected. Security needs to be mandatory and stronger. Rules have to be in place to prevent unsupervised interaction. And not a day later, not two days later, Zero gets outed for uh, coercing a minor to masturbate in front of him. Oh, man. Like, yeah, this story is new to me, so... (laughs) Yeah, like he he lost his sponsorship with Tempo. Uh, he's no longer doing YouTube. He's getting off of Face- Twitch. Well, he's not uh, on Twitch. He's, he's on Facebook. off Twitter. Well, whatever they the, one of the articles said Twitch, but doesn't ch- doesn't change the fact that pretty much he's done as well. Dude, he's like I'm not doing anything Smash Brothers related. Like the response from Nintendo was just like fuck this. They're taking down all the videos that had any. Like interaction, any fucking showing of any of these players, all of the invitationals gone, every single one of them, any like interview 
or special event where they had these people, done, gone, get them out of here. Like, it's insane. I know, and I know we keep saying that the this. FGC took a hard hit with all this stuff. If you look on it, it's if you look on it the other side, it's kind of a silver lining. Like all this shit's coming. Like the FGC is going to evolve from this and become better. There's so many people that I'm seeing that are saying like the FGC is dead. The FGC is not dead at all. I think that the people that are saying that the FGC are, is dead um, is taking it from the viewpoint where they don't like the 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 political correctness um they they bring back the thuggery i i guess like and i had this conversation with somebody on twitter that obviously didn't end well but it <laughs> it came down to you can still maintain that good shit talking and that thuggery Without being a piece of shit, without the hate speech, yeah, without being a fucking pedophile, we've and done like, that. You see, the, we do like, shit talking to each other all the time when it comes to fighting like, games and shit. Exactly, like, like you can talk that good shit. Anything that's like identifying what your orientation is, what color you are, your looks, your uh, sexual orientation, your looks, whatever it is, skill based. Like just just make it skill based. Oh yeah, that's what. Whatever we say, it, whatever you could find a way. I think we say it every week, but you gotta learn how to fucking hold your L's, man. Like you gotta. Some people, and and I used to say some people, a lot of people cannot hold their L's. They cannot hold them. As someone that no. has been holding L's a long time, <laughs> it takes some getting used to. Like, I used to get so mad, and I I never went to pedophilia or anything, but I probably said things that I didn't, I shouldn't have said. And I'm dealing with that, and I have learned from that. Like, mm-hmm. you don't do that shit. You learn to hold that. I, I've, I see it with people, especially I've seen it in the magic community, in our magic group. There's one guy that just can't handle it. And he would leave message groups. He would just wouldn't go to tournaments with us anymore. And we're like, dude, we talk shit on everybody. You want to dish it out, but you can't take it. You need it. to be willing you to take it. cannot take That was the thing for a long time, especially in like my mid-20s, earlier 20s. I was the guy in my group that could take it. I could take, you know, it, whether it be Dungeons and Dragons or like playing anything. It's just like I would take, you know, a lot of people in our group would, you know, let's do the joke at Corey. That's fine. I could take that. I understand why people need to be able to do that. And I'm mm-hmm. fine with it. I can take it. It's no problem. But some people cannot handle that mentality at all. They can't handle it. It's like, dude, I've been made, being made fun of since I was little, dude. I don't care. I've got a good life. Who cares? So it's just... This might be the next one I think that we're going into is the big one where everyone because up until this point, everyone was like, oh, Smash killed Evo. Uh, all these other people killed Evo. When Well, Smash can't kill Evo because Smash wasn't invited. <laughs> Whatever. That's that's a talk for another time. <laughs> but all the biggest offender was one of the people behind CEO itself or not CEO, but Evo itself. Yep. Uh, official statement coming from Evo following the accusations against Mr. Wizard. 
Uh, over the past 24 hours, in response to silly, serious allegations recently made public on Twitter, we've made the first of a series of important decisions regarding the future of our company. Effective immediately, Joey Queller will no longer be involved with Evo in any capacity. We are currently working towards his complete separation from the company and have, a, and have relieved him from all of his responsibilities. Going forward, Tony Cannon will act as a CEO in this position. He'll take a leadership role in, prioritize, in prioritizing greater accountability across Evo, both internally and at our events. Progress doesn't happen overnight, and without the bravery of those who speak up against misconduct and injustice, uh, we are shocked and saddened by these events, but we are listening and committed to making every change that will be necessary in making Evo uh, a better model for the stronger. Uh, a safer uh, culture and that we all seek. As a result, we will be canceling Evo online and will work to issue refunds to all players who chose to purchase a badge and we will donate the equivalent of the proceeds to uh, the proceeds as promised to Project Hope. Um, this is massive. It was a smart move. This happened within it the span of 12 hours. The the cancellation of Evo, the uh, cutting ties with Joey Cooler. I've also heard, I don't know Tony Cannon that well, but I have listened to a lot of like, uh, Maximilian Dude has a really good, I watched his live stream in response to all this, and he has a video on YouTube about it as well. It's a really good watch. I, I implore everyone to go and take a look at it. Uh, but he said that Tony Cannon, I think it's the Cannon brothers. There's another one too. Yes. He said that they they are good from what he's seen and what he's seen they, that they, the Cannon brothers have done for the community, that they are good people and they are going to be good. This is going to be a good thing for the FGC in in general. What he, w what he was getting into is just like, we need to stop allowing people who are not part of the community or promoting the uh, the community to be the uh, the gatekeepers of yes. our community, yes. Like Mr. Wizard, what what has he done for fighting games? Just asking the question. What has he? He ran Evo. That's it. I mean, he he was part of the scene in the '90s, and he created Evo, and he ran Evo. The Cannon Brothers created GGPO. That this is, is this like, is your dream, Chris. Tony, yeah. <laughs> Tony Cannon, like, knows fighting games. He cares about fighting games. He's trying to push fighting games forward. Mr. Wizard ran a tournament. I mean, he ran an arcade before that, and then he ran a tournament. Yeah. So, I mean, you got you got to start looking. And, like, I'm, I'm going to move move past that. It's, it's just the, what boggles my mind is that this has been going on for 20 years and nobody has said anything since then. And the thing is, is that a lot of people are allegedly savvy on the details of what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Like people were dropping Alex Valle's name in there saying like, oh, yeah, he he knew about some of the the, the situations and stipulations of what was going behind behind the scenes. It's like the shit with like, Bill Cosby, too. There are so comedians, yeah. so many comedians that knew what was going on. They literally had jokes in their bits about like hinting at it and all that shit. It's the same shit if you look at old interviews with uh, I know she's crazy, but Courtney Love revolving around the Harvey Weinstein stuff. Like everyone's like, ah, she's crazy. Like she's just insane. But no, she was like completely right. Like, don't if mm -hmm. Harvey Weinstein invites you to a party, don't go and all that shit. So like, it's. Here's the thing, man. Like, 
I've been, I've I've told recent, I've told in the past what my like I guess you could say role is in the FGC. We've talked about it before. I'm not that much of a competitor. I'm just a guy that loves the FGC. I love everything about it. I will do everything I can to support it. I would tell you with a hundred percent confidence that if I knew anything of this was going on, I would have spoke up right then and there. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not that kind of person to hold it back. Like I think to the point that if I were friends with any of these people, like close friends with these people, and they were like, "Hey, don't tell anybody," I don't think I could not keep that promise. Like I'm like, this is like this shit. This shit has to stop, man. This is just praying. And I, I don't want people to think like, oh, he says, you know, those people are weak, but it's preying on the weak. That's what these people like uh, Joey Cooler, uh, all these people that have some kind of power, they're using it for bad things. It's fucked up. But like we said, the good thing is this, I mean, I, I know it's going to sound really stupid and cliche. I mean, Evo will evolve like it's going to evolve and become something better than what it was in one way or another. And Evo is at no point the end all be all fighting game tournament. Yeah. You have combo breaker, you have CEO, you have dream hack. Um, you know, Evo had the prestige of being the first, yeah, the first big one. And it sucks losing that piece of our, culture history yeah in culture um, i mean it was a pillar but, yeah but it's there will there will be something else and more than likely whether evo decides to rebrand or if they if they come back um, to be honest with I you mean, i think rebranding would not be a bad idea for evo Because as many good things that Evo had over these last 20 years, this is what's going... Anyone that ever sees Evo or looks up Evo, they're like, oh, wasn't that that tournament where like the CEO was like a rapist and a pedophile? Mm-hmm. That's what... It's going to be tarnished, man. And it's sad because there's a lot of good things that have happened because of Evo. But that stain's always going to be there. It's like when you look at Amazon reviews, there could be like 150 good reviews, but you're going to look at that one bad one. Yep. So, I don't know. It, it's it's tough. It's it's tough to say. Yeah, um, it is. It really is. I mean, ultimately, whatever whatever steps the the Cannon Brothers takes beyond this, uh, I have full confidence that they're going to do it right and do it well. Um, there's always there's always another tournament because uh, the FGC isn't Evo. No, the FGC isn't these top players. Mm-mm. The FGC is your locals. Your, the FGC is your Discord servers, your online tournaments, your your weekend parties. You know, if if there is an arcade, whether you're going to like you're going to Sages and you're bringing everyone's bringing their fucking PS4 and a monitor. I used you know, to do that. And you're I... doing and you're doing your your poor man's tournament. You're doing you know. your Mortal Kombat in the bathroom tournament. <laughs> Melty blood. Is that what it is? Melty blood. My bad. That's what it is. My Melty bad. blood. You know, I used to. That, do, I, I used to be that. I would I, when we did Arc. Uh, Arc was uh, Arkansas. It was the Arkansas regionals like tournaments and stuff that we did down in Little Rock, and I think we did up to Arc like five or six. I think we did like five or six years of it, 
and I jumped mm-hmm. on around arc three and I would, I was there, I was bringing setups and I was like, they, I was there all day. I had to be there super early at the hotel and I would stay there super late at night because you know, my setups were there. I was also selling beat art and all that stuff too, man. Like it's, I, I love the fighting game community. I'm shit at every fighting game I've ever touched, but that, yes. And I think people need to see, like, listen to that. It's like, you don't have to be good at these games to be a part of this community. You can still be Mm -hmm. there. Like you can still be there and supporting it. So I've always been that guy though. I wanted to be the guy behind the scenes running everything. It's probably why, like if I had gotten into streaming earlier, I would have been like one of the guys traveling around, like spooky. I'd have been traveling around doing streaming and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So, but no, no, the, I feel you on that. The fighting game community is going to prevail out of this. It's just going to take some time. It's it's new growing pains. Yeah, that's that's what it but is. But shit's already starting. And like we said, in that short amount of time, so much shit has already been going. I just hope it's the same with the Black Lives Matter stuff. I just just don't. Forget, don't let it stop. Don't forget about it. Don't let it stop. Don't let the boulder stop rolling. Like you got to keep it going. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're two guys that hardly anybody listens to, but we fully hard wholeheartedly believe that. Like we believe in the shit that we say. Mm-hmm. So I want to end this on one thing that poverty FGC has said is Evo is not fighting games and Twitter is living proof of this. Twitter uh, represents scenes that have fight have that have to fight constantly to stay alive, or games without a scene at all. Organize, regroup, regrow the scene, and get rid of the rot. There you go. This is the best chance that we'll have to make it right for everybody. It's time to get rid of all the abusers, the racists, the sexists, the the LGBT phobes, the Nazis. Make the FGC welcome uh, for anyone, regardless of their walk of life. That is why I love the FGC so much. Enough talking here. Please enjoy your game, whatever it may be. Even if it's JoJo's all-star battle. Fuck you. That game is great. That game is good. It's also like the only fighting JoJo fighting game. Well, no, that's not a lie. That's a lie. It's the most robust JoJo fighting game we probably have. I mean, it's it's the most fighting game fighting game. That's not true. The Dreamcast game. The Dreamcast is, game is the most fighting game. Fighting that game's game is broken and yeah, shit, you just play whatever. you just play Iggy and uh Pet Shop. Because they're broken. Because they're yep. hitboxes. So, well, that was the heavy stuff that we needed to talk about. I mean, most time, I mean, we we gave you guys fifty three episodes of stupid bullshit. Like sometimes we got to sit down and talk. I mean, the FGC is such, like this stuff hits at home really hard. Like you're in it more than even I am, and I I'm in it. We're in it. We've talked about it. We're in it in different levels. But mm-hmm. it affects. We're on, we're on opposing sides on it. Yeah, not not so. But yeah, you get we opposing get sides is probably the, not the right term. But we're we're seeing things from different perspectives. Yes, different perspectives. But that's why we took the time to use our platform to talk out about this stuff. So, uh, like we said, our heart and condolences go out to the victims. Like it's nothing can ever make that shit go away. Nothing can. So hopefully the community will, like we said, it's going to change. So. But yeah, go check out this Omni video. This is like a 47-minute video. I'm going to go check it out. That and Leffen's video, I'm going to take a look at those. Both two. the Omni and the Leffen video is really, really good. Yep. Like, both of them. And then we were going to talk about it as a news article. We didn't bring it up in our weeks. We forgot to. But the price of video games might be going up with the next gen. That goes into 
really like a huge i don't know if it was like confirmed or anything like that but there was a big talking points at game lab live uh about a week or two ago um this journalist and i forget his name but he had sat down with the former head of ben uh, sony interactive entertainment sean Layden, just to gather his thoughts on things um pretty much like sean Layden hit three points uh one Video games are too long, which brought the whole conversation and everyone was saying, like, yeah, you're right. Video games are too long. Um, Dude. And just people echoing it. I got to be- uh, Before you – I'm going to stop you right there. Mm-hmm. Did you watch any of Jim Sterling's videos about The Last of Us Part Two? No. I have to bring up this. I, need, I know I need you to. You need but. to. I have to. He, he just had a video come out about Star Wars uh, Racer, so you need to go watch that too. I saw that because that's where my heart is. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, but, uh, no, I legitimately lost my shit and started laughing uncontrollably when I saw the tweet that they were comparing The Last of Us Part 2 to Schindler's List. Yes. I went, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Like, yes. Anyway, I, that's, I, I wanted to touch on that. Somebody asked, I, I think I said last week, somebody asked me, they're like, have you played Last of Us 2? I was like. Fuck no, I'm not playing that game. I also want to bring up... I, did you ask me that? No. I want to bring up two. I saw, and I know this is tangenting, but I mean, welcome to our fucking podcast. But I'm not going to go into any spoilers. But okay. the voice actor for a character in the game, that that character's that character does something very big in the game. To where it made a lot of people mad. To where the voice actor is getting death threats. How that fucking that makes sense. Shit, that it makes sense, but it's fuck. That makes sense. That's so fucking shitty. Like they're literally. I, I mean, it's it's sarcasm, but the, sure. One of the comments was, "I am going to find you and kill your children." Dude, it's not. Yeah, dude, these people are upset because of a fictional character. That's also a Jim Sterling video. You should go check that out as well. Okay. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. Game, video games are too long. Sean Layden says. <laughs> so this this is what he was saying. Like the big three points. Uh, video games are too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sixty dollars will not sustain the industry. I'm and COVID nineteen. And COVID nineteen is an opportunity for the industry to unfuck itself. Those are the three big things that we essentially got out of it when he was speaking about video games being too long it marries into the 60 dollar price tag he says what we saw with the last of us and the last of us part two last of us you can finish in about 15 hours the last of us part two requires a commitment of about 25 hours almost double that translated into double the development time for that game to come out So you have Naughty Dog, who spent three years to create The Last of Us, spent another six years to create The Last of Us Part Two. That's six years of development money being held up where you're not really generating any income outside of the games you've already previously released. Mm -hmm. Now, you may have like smaller companies that are throwing their hats and do or not smaller companies but smaller teams throwing their hat in and doing different things i don't know if the the uncharted game that had come out right after four was a factor in there if the uncharted 
fucking collection was a factor in that where they were just trying to churn out shit to make money off of it. But it's like projects like this, which causes major publishers like Sony to buy them out or mm. just take them under their wing permanently, kind of like Insomniac as well. Right, right, right. Six years is a long time to be out of the game. Yeah, it is. Okay. It's kind of like the situation with, with Square Enix and their Final Fantasy games, where they just take for fucking ever to make their games because they're trying to like reach the standard that has been building and building and building over time. We're getting to that point where we're approaching critical mass and it's not going to be able to feed itself anymore. There's going to be a pop. There's going to be a burst, a bubble burst. Like Sean Lane recalls a time where video games had million dollar budgets and you had to fit everything within that time constraint of a year or a year and a half, you know, and you could probably think back to like when Spyro was coming out or the crash games and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even like RPGs in the PS1, PS2 era. Now we're going with like $80 million games, $150 million that's games. So, that's too much money for a video Just game, Just incredulous man. amounts of money. And then you push it out for $60. And you wonder why people like try to push DLC. You know, mm. now that now you have to game the system in order to get your money's worth because you have to pay the bills. You have to keep the lights on one way or another. And I really feel like there's a simple bottom line thing to this. Stop trying to make video games into movies. Yeah. Stop trying to make them into 20 to 40 hour movies. Like, that's what it is. Stop giving them 150, 200 million dollars to make a video game. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous! It is, re and I'm not shaming any of these games. Final Fantasy VII Remake looks fantastic. Last of Us Two, besides the controversy around it, looks like a good game. Last of Us One was a great game. A lot of these AAA games are good games. God of War, all that stuff. But the amount of money and the crunch and the lives that like get, I mean, not demolished, but like get the lives that are not, I guess, touched by all this shit. Not even touched. That's too good of a synonym, but affected by all this stuff. It's it's ridiculous. It's and maybe that's just like the old school gamer in me coming out. I also don't know how to make video games, so you probably shouldn't fucking listen to me. So, <laughs> but it's it is it is crazy. It is crazy the amount of shit that goes into your video game. The argument that's being made is that AAA games should start looking towards the the twelve to fifteen hour benchmark. That's what you should be focusing on, which I think is okay. Yeah. I like going to eight hours, I think is like insane. I'm not paying $60 for an eight hour game. I don't, I don't give a shit. I mean, you have to um, look at it too. Unless it's like an indie game. If you go like, look at it this way. You go, let's say you go to a movie theater. Mm -hmm. You know, those, those things you could go to before the world ended and you could go watch a right. movie. <laughs> You spend what anywhere from ten to fifteen dollars for a ticket for a two-hour movie. Yeah, so eight hours equals out to about sixty bucks. So that's true. But I'm not. I, I agree with you. I would want more out of an eight-hour game than sixty dollars. So, but we have to keep that mentality in mind too. You also pay. Uh, granted, you pay it one time. You spend twenty bucks on a Blu-ray for a movie that comes out. You get to watch it over and over and over again. But still, go into the movie theater. Like I said, that evens out to about right. So I don't know. I I don't disagree with what's being said. 
Um, I think that if I were living in a world where video games, like AAA video games, were $100 a pop, mm -hmm. uh, depending on how much time I devoted to that game or how much content would be in that game, I would understand. I like, mean, looking at I it, can, Xenoblade, I can see, Xenoblade should have been a $100 game for you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can make that argument. Um, I, I get it. Um, I mean, any any Metal Gear Solid, any oh, Horizon Zero Dawn, yep. uh, The Last of Us. Resident Evil? I, I would understand Resident Evil. If, if I'm getting more than 20 hours of content in, in those games, that's like, what, $5 an hour? Yeah. To, to reach the, the $100 mark? Yeah, I'd pay for that. I, I would do that. So, yeah, I think that's fair. As far as everything that's going on with COVID, that's just regular like industry talk. Yeah. Because now we're getting to the point where we have been working from home for so long. Do you really expect people to transition back into the workforce and working in yeah. uh, an office building? I would find that hard to believe. I would say like, you've already you've already made the steps to make remote work plausible and feasible. You're going to have to commit to it. Yeah. The ones the one area that I will say that COVID is like reinventing like the this industry would probably be like the food industry there are a lot of uh, it's making it's making restaurants and places evolve it's basically mm -hmm. if you do not embrace the social media and you don't embrace the to-go orders and the takeout orders and if you're still trying to focus on the dine-in you're like oh it's going to be better when we can open our doors again you're that's why there's so many people that are going bankrupt and so many franchises that are going under because they're not willing to change and evolve. So uh, that was just a little tangent that I was thinking of. So I brought that up. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's and going back to the like, we've had 15 years of $60 games. If you take into effect, like we've had more than that. Yeah. Take into effect how like inflation works. That's a pretty good fucking run. Mm hmm. Like I am half expected like games aren't $80 right now. I would I would understand it. I'd get it. But at the same time, like, that's me talking. Like, I could afford $60, $80, $100 games. I'm looking at if it. If we really want to get into it. I'm thinking about it, like, how I am now. I'm like, yeah, I could pay for that. But now I'm also thinking of, like, back in 2013 where I was working at Hastings and barely making, you know, the rent. What about those people? That's where pirating is yeah. going to come in. Like once you start making the price of video games go up, your the amount of people that pirate games, they go up as well. Or just people that don't buy anything at all, because we're in this digital age where like you can just turn on Twitch and watch somebody play the game for you. Yeah, and we're talking about single player experiences as well. Like I I get it, I get what he's saying, but there's just a lot of factors that are involved with it. When he blocks, you can circumvent. <laughs> Maybe game rental will be a thing again, or this is just going to be another factor that pushes subscription services, publishers oh, to have their own God, subscription services. Yeah. Would you would you want to pay eighty dollars for this one game or ten dollars a month for all these games? Exactly. Oh, that makes me like, sick. And that would really cement the uh, the death of digital of physical media. Yeah. It, 
I don't want that to happen. Like I, we've had people that listen to the podcast. They're like, oh, like we don't get us wrong. We love physical media. Like I won't even buy a game sometimes now unless I, if I know I can get it physical, I'll wait. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, that I don't want to live in that society. I don't think <laughs> it is what it is, and that's just another that's another step that we're moving into. And and that conversation from Game Lab was so influential that that's been the topic for a lot of people the last two weeks. Uh, price of games and also uh, how much time is put into development. Because what what would be more beneficial to you? Uh, playing a playing two 15 hour games in the time span of six years or playing one 25 hour game. What would you rather have? Probably the first one. Cause I could have two different experiences. It, it better paces it. Yeah. You know, people wonder why we love indie games so much. Like, I know we never make the videos. We do cover a lot of indie games when we go to conventions. I mean, we don't really work. Like, we don't get really get to just have free time when we go to conventions because mm-hmm. we're usually working. We just don't ever fucking put out the videos because we're so busy. But Yeah, there's just so many other we've things. Covered, like, we've on. covered them fighting hers before it was even big at Evo. Like, we've we've talked about a lot of these games. So, like, I, I've started, especially recently, I'm just like, man, I like indie games so much more than current AAA games. Mm-hmm. So that's all we really got on the news, though, right? Yeah, that's that's about it. Let's hit these questions. Yep. Let's get to questions. Uh, question one from Mister Haru: Who is the best legendary Pokemon, and why is it still Mewtwo after all these years? So, so that's a fucking lie. So, with my history of what I know about Pokemon. Isn't technically Arceus like the best legendary because he's God? I think he's talking from a more subjective standpoint. But yeah, you'd be right. But then you run into the whole thing. It's just like, well, he'll obviously correct me on this. Uh, Arceus may still be God, but Mew is like the mother of all genetic DNA for Pokemon. I don't know much past like Arceus Arceus or Arceus, however you pronounce it. I don't, I don't know about the sacred beasts and all that stuff. Like, I don't know much about that. Uh, I like, I've always, I mean, surprise it's from gen two. I liked the, uh, the legendary dogs. I liked those. Uh, I like Lugia. Lugia is good too. Uh, I'm not really big on the, I mean, Rayquaza is like the big dick G, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, so like I have, I, I made my list at the top three and Rayquaza, Rayquaza is my boy. Rayquaza is a fucking badass. Like, I don't even he know the history dad. Like what he is. So Rayquaza takes place in the Ruby Sapphire era and it's supposed to be, I think it's the, the Hoenn. Yes. I think it's the Hoenn region. It's Hoenn region, yeah. And like Ruby and Sapphire was always about like the kids arguing. So you have Groudon and Kyogre constantly bitching at each other. And when they bitch at each other, the entire world goes into disarray. And then out from the heavens (laughs) comes Rayquaza to be like, no, shut the fuck up and go back to your rooms. Cause he's the, that's Rayquaza. Cause Groudon was ground. Rayquaza is dad. Yeah. But in the Pokemon, he's supposed to be like the the legendary of the sky and all that, right? Yeah. So he's he's the legendary sky Pokemon. He, there's probably like an actual terminology for that, but like that's 
that's the anti-Chris explanation of things. Rayquaza is just dad. Then you got Deoxys uh, in there too. Like he's crazy. Fuck Deoxys. I don't give a shit about Deoxys. He's that's a mistake. I don't know. That's man. a mistake of a Pokemon. I don't know enough about Deoxys. I like Celebi. Celebi's fine. Celebi's Another like Gen a, two. That's that's on brand for you. It's a fucking time traveler. So, <laughs> uh, I also like Giratina. I I like Giratina because he's pretty much like the goth and black metal Pokemon. He's just a dark no dragon. other reason. He's just a dark dragon. That's what he is. He's, a, he's just he's, he's ghost, ghost, dragon, ghost right? dragon. Yeah, ghost dragon. Yeah, he's ghost dragon. I think like my fascination with Giratina is that I'm not a huge fan of Palkia or Dialga. They kind of suck, even though it like they're supposed to be space and time, and I forget what Giratina's gimmick is. But I, I don't know. I thought he looked cool. Except his like his view from the back. His view from the back is fucking stupid. It looks like a dick with wings. Yeah, I've I, I've seen that. It it's pretty fucking ugly. I don't uh, really... And then finally, Suicune. I like Suicune. Yeah, Suicune. Yeah. Well, that's because they made Suicune. a whole fucking expansion, a Pokemon expansion around that one. That was a big factor in me picking Suicune. Like Suicune's like out of those three, I've always liked. It. I, I'm partial to fire Pokemon, so I liked Entei. I liked Entei the most. Fucking loser. Not even so much because of like the movie, because I didn't really watch. I only watched the first two movies like hardcore, and I know Entei was like big in the third one, but I just like that one. I don't know. I just like those. I like bir- I like dogs more than birds. So like, <laughs> I feel you on that. Fuck birds. Birds are birds don't exist. Okay. <laughs> Bir- birds are uh, a secret of the government to spy on you. What? So we talked. We got birds up aren't to- real. X and Y, I don't like it. I didn't like any of those uh, uh, legendaries in those. Oh, uh, what is it? Xerneas? Xerneas and the, Yavetal or whatever. The the deer Pokemon, the legendary deer Pokemon. He's actually good as fuck, at least in Gen 6. And then there's... I didn't care much about Evis or whatever his fucking name is. Then there's that evolving one that if you got different discs or whatever, like... Zygarde? Zygarde, yeah. yeah. He's he's dumb. I think that he was supposed to be like the Voltron Pokemon, but it never caught on. Like, I was expecting, like, Pokemon Z to get released and then, like, it all be about Zygarde because I didn't understand what his background was supposed to be. And then it didn't come out, so I didn't fucking care. <laughs> and I just played Xemnas, or not Xemnas, uh, Xerneas. So I I think that X and Y are good Pokemon games. I, I liked the, the arc with whoever the team rocket is supposed to be in that game yeah so yeah uh favorite boss tracks that transcended hype and got you to yell let's fucking go i've got three pretty good ones uh okay i'm gonna start from the bottom uh i thought megalovania from undertale now to to start start with this i've never played undertale but i do know of megalovania and that's a really good fucking hype track for a last battle megalovania is pretty good uh, this is like, make fun of me if you want to. I don't care. One winged angel is fucking awesome. Like it's really good. I don't give a shit. It's really, really fucking good. Uh, I will. I didn't appreciate one wing angel until the movie. Yes, yes, I didn't. Advent either. Children's rendition of it. Yeah. It's fucking. And then most brutal. of the time, what is it? Video games done live. Uh, they do a really good version of uh of it live. Uh, on, okay. An honorable mention before I say the number one, uh, Anderson from Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. His theme is really good. I think I've heard that theme. Uh, but I super love Smithy Form 1 from Mario RPG. 
because it starts. Smithy is like the secret boss, right? No, that's the final boss. Uh, Okay. Culex is the secret boss because he's the final fantasy boss. Okay. But Smithy's the one that starts off with dun 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 dun, and then just goes into. Now his form two is super creepy, like it's a creepier version. But that first one's real good. It's real good. I okay. also I'm partial to the Mario RPG music. That music in that game is fucking phenomenal. I still have to finish that game because I I don't know what you're talking about. It's a super it's a it. super easy babby RPG. So. <laughs> uh, I I picked out five, um, really technically six because two of them own the same the same slot. Yeah, uh, serpent eating the ground. That is the final boss music from Bravely Default. Okay. That song is fucking dope. Okay, I'll have to check uh, it out. Soul of Cinder and Slave Knight Gale. Yeah. Both of those songs from Dark Souls 3. Uh, I love them. They've got remixes of Soul of Cinder called EX Cin- ES Cinder. Um, I think I've heard that. Blows the original out of the water. It is so fucking good. We need to put all of these uh, in the Discord. <laughs> Yeah, there is there's a one version, or not one version. There's this one artist that remixed a bunch of Dark Souls music, and just made everything more uh, ambient and fitting to the setting. Uh, completely redid um, Yorm's song. Oh like, yeah, Yorm's music and Yorm's music. Yorm's song is one of my favorite tracks. Yeah, uh, but no. Definitely Soul Ascender, uh, Slave speaking, Nightgale. Speaking of those remixes and Pokemon recently, uh, Mr. Haru came out with another remix of the of the Pokemon Sword and Shield uh, uh, gym battle theme. And I heard that that was that was pretty good, dude. That every time I listen to it, I get a little bit of chills because, like, I just imagine. So it's one of those songs. It, he basically took that song and it has a lot of ambient background crowd noise, and he upped the crowd noise and. It really like puts you in yeah. the arena. You have to. So I sat that's there. That's why I like. So it. I was I was sitting there and I saw that he posted in the Discord, but I was working. So I was like, all right, I'll play this in the background. And I'm sitting there working. And about I would say thirty seconds in, I stopped and just turned to my computer, and I restarted the song. And I was like, holy fucking shit! Like, because I'm thinking, like, just and it doesn't even have to be Pokemon. Just think of an arena that you're at. With like your favorite sport or your favorite anything, and you're just like, it's hype as fucking shit. Like that, that's what it hits. Like it hits that. Like it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. And he put a lot no, of. I, I think he said that. he like layered ten different fucking tracks to try and get it right. So. God damn. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I like the music from the. Sekiro's Genichiro Ashina. First off, worst fight in the fucking game. Outside of the final boss, he is a fucking asshole. That took me a week to get through. Alright. I still um, haven't played it yet. But no oh dude. It's <laughs> it's it's a haze fest. Is it's it? a complete haze fest. Mm. Like I don't I don't know. I know that Bloodborne's a faster game. I know that it's all about the the parries. Sekiro is unforgiving, but as far as a fight, Genichiro Ashina, that that fight's fucking dope. 
Uh, you will know our names. I'm probably just putting that up there because Xenoblade's on my mind. That boss music is 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 really good. It's yeah. dope as fuck. But my number one is Megalovania. I love that fucking Megalovania track. is really. There's a lot of really uh, good remixes too. Yeah, and that's that's what it comes down to. The remixes by uh, Family Jewels and Richard E. Flat, and I mean, there's there's a slew of them. Yeah, uh, all of them equally good. Uh, Scotty Mo asks, if you can go back in time, what band would you want to see in their prime? I think we both agreed. What was it on Queen and Metal? Or we both agreed on Queen. We both agreed agreed on Queen. We both agreed. We agreed on it. <laughs> we agreed. Uh, Queen would be amazing. Like just to see them. Like probably we were talking about what around that uh, a night at the opera. Maybe even their first album. Like around that Brighton Rock. Not Brighton Rock. Sheer Heart Attack. Around those eras, yes, before they got really poppy. Uh the the year that I shot out was nineteen seventy six. Uh, after a day at the races, like also pretty I, much everything from Queen One to a day at the races, yeah, is like Queen essentials for me. To let's be, I'm just gonna say there's a just in the seventies in general. I would have liked to just go see a lot of the, like Led Zeppelin back in the day, like. Black Sabbath, big Jimi me- Hendrix, yeah, big metal yes, bands, Metallica, Cream. like all that, like the thrash metal. Megadeth was starting back then. I think Iron Maiden was around then. They were starting off too. Might have been more in the eighties. I think that's like the very tail end seventies when thrash was really getting big. Yeah, uh, Megadeth was eighties because when um, Ride the Lightning was released is when Dave Mustaine was released from the band. Um, but no, I, I feel you on what you're saying about the 70s. I mean, Iron Maiden was around at that point. Motorhead. I, I had uh, gone and saw Judas Priest. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I, Hell yeah. My, uh, one of my best friends from high school, I talked to her recently. Uh, sadly, her father passed away not too long ago, and he was a huge metalhead from back in the day. I remember growing mm-hmm. up talking to him about it. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember going to see Judas Priest, and they had like this big mechanical bear where the the paws would come out and then you look up and fucking Rob Halford is on one of the paws and he's just, I have a feeling that that was during their keepers of the faith. Yeah. Um, He saw so many bands like release. Mm -hmm. He's got, he had so many band t-shirts from like he, he, he wasn't at Donington, but he saw ACDC like the fly, like a lot of the tour, like all those tours and all that stuff too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it'd be the seventies era, but I also put on layer. Like I would have liked to see green day back in the day, like around the, the uh the the Dookie Nimrod era before they started going, I think after pop Nimrod, punk. Warning especially is really pop punky and stuff like that. Kerplunk, Dookie, all that era. I would have liked to see them in like a dive bar. Speaking of Red Hot Chili Peppers, I would like to see early in their early stages too. I remember Dan Aykroyd saying like the reason that he that Red Hot Chili Peppers was even on SNL is because he liked them, so he got them on there as a musical artist or a musical guest. And then I also put Coheed and Cambria because I just would have loved to see them live, like in their prime. They're still great. I, I would say I've had a couple like, chances, but I've missed my chances to see them live. So this is just my opinion, and I've gone back and listened to some of their new stuff, and it is it is pretty good. But I've always been partial to um, Good Apollo on Burning Star Four and No World for Tomorrow. I wasn't a big fan of Neverender, uh, not Neverender, but I wasn't a big fan of like their debut album. You didn't like a favorite House um, Atlantic. Keeping secrets of Silent Earth is not their debut. 
Okay, I guess you're right. That's the one that I started off with them. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I, I should probably pull up their stuff because we're on a podcast. I got in trouble from a mm-hmm. friend's parents because I had, what was the album that had Welcome Home on it and The Suffering? and That was uh, Good Apollo on Burning. I had I bought that album. My buddy had it in his car. We were listening to it. And his dad had to drive his car for some reason. His dad is a, uh, was a youth pastor. And mm-hmm. he read the lyrics. And he, they had to sit down and talk to us about that album. And my retort to them was, you know your son listens to Avenge Sevenfold, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know he's burned out two copies of, Be- the, what was the album? Uh, that the- City of Evil? City of Evil, yeah. Okay. And I'm just like, really? Like, fuck off with that. Like, they knew that he was listening to that shit? Of course and then got- they did. And then they're going to get in tr- get onto us because of Coheed and Cambria. They're look, whatever. Um, no, good Apollo on Burning uh, Star Four, uh, and also No World for Tomorrow. Those those are my two favorite albums they've come out with. Like uh, In Keeping of Secrets of Silent Earth Three uh, is also good because that was a favorite House Atlantic. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, I'm not. I'm not huge on I don't the, know rest the rest of their. Of their I know they have like a comic and stuff like that, and like they. Well, have- that's because. Like Coed and Cambria was the 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 basis for the Armory Wars comic that Claudio Sanchez was. Claudio, that out was there. his name, yeah, not Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, after after No World for Tomorrow, they released Year of the Black Rainbow, which was supposed to be a prequel to everything. But that album was just so weird and experimental in a way that I didn't particularly care yeah. for. They released one single on it called uh Here We Are Juggernaut. And it was okay, but outside of that, eh. I just um, thought, I just thought, and I, and what's going to be sad is because I remember this band being really, really bad live, especially in the beginning, uh, Lincoln Park. I would have. You go- thought that Lincoln Park was bad when they first started out? No, no, no. They're live, from what I remember, and I, I haven't followed up on this, but when I was younger, I had always heard that their live shows weren't that great. Like they weren't good. <sighs> But compared to like the album or what, but I, I've never looked them up or anything like that. I, that was just like a hearsay that I had always heard like around school and shit like that. So Linkin Park's history um, is really muddled when you start looking at what they did in the 90s, like not hybrid theory. We're talking about when they yeah. called themselves Super Zero. Yeah. Super Zero is when they had Mark Wakeford or an, I'm pro- Wakefield, and I'm probably getting his name wrong still. Uh, he later, later became the manager for the band when he, they realized that he was a really shitty lyricist. <laughs> um, but no, no, bad band. Yeah. And th- that was during the time when um, the fuck is his name? Uh, the rapper Mike Shinoda. Oh, yeah, Mike, Mike Shinoda. Shinoda was getting the band together with Brad Delson. Um, and also Mark uh, Wakefield. And that's when they were bringing in Phoenix when he was playing in the band uh, Tasty Snacks or some shit like that. It was like some some Christian pop rock band. <laughs> and they brought him in there. And when Mark was just like, hey, I'm not cut out for this because we suck. That's when they had to start oh, no, reaching we out suck to other again. people. Uh, and then they uh, – Chester Bennington – was singing for a band called Gray Days, um, which you can still find some of their music. And it's it's okay. It's a little bit grungy, a little bit 
like emo grungy, but it's 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 listenable. Right. But that's when Chester drove out from Arizona to LA, started linking up with Lincoln Park. Uh, that first album, Cut Hybrid Theory. Hybrid Theory. They were originally supposed to be called Hybrid Theory. Yeah, yeah, they I do were remember just like, that. Yeah. Hey, let's pick a name that everybody can identify with. There's a Lincoln Park everywhere, so they went with fucking. Oh, Lincoln. I thought Hybrid Theory was like actually trademarked already or something for a band at, at that point. I think it. I think it was, and Hybrid Theory was supposed to be like they were still Super Zero or X E R O. Um, such a bad back name. in the day. <laughs> Oh, it's shit. It's such a it's bad. absolute shit. Uh, fun fact: When I used to do like web comics, I used to do sprite based web comics. I stole that fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'll ever find anything along no, those lines. First, but yeah, I used to do really shitty sprite based. I don't want to. I've seen your voice acting history, so I don't want any part of any of the shit you used to do. So <laughs> uh, that's different, but I get it. I get no, it one hundred. I, I would have liked to see like right after Hybrid Theory came out, I'd I'd have gone and seen uh, a Lincoln Park at that time. That would have been good. Mm-hmm. All the no, all the li- spiked different colored hair and fucking chino jeans. We're <laughs> <laughs> not Jinko not jeans. chinos. Uh, Jinkos. Jinkos. Yeah. Uh, no, I was lucky enough to see Lincoln Park twice. Actually, I saw them uh, in Texas, which is around the same time that they were filming live in Texas. And then we saw them in Jones Beach when they came out. I don't remember if it was A Thousand Suns or if it was uh, Minutes to Midnight um, when we saw them. But the it first was like or second Transformers really, album. <laughs> I, th- I think it was around the first one because they were doing – I think they were doing like their LP Revolution tour. But they were touring with My Chemical Romance and oh, His Infernal wow. Majesty or him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I caught that show. And that was that – was, it was okay. I'm not a fan of him. It was all right. I respect it. Uh, so. I'm, a, I'm a him fan, but I mean no, Mike Hem was all right. I think right after uh, Meteora came out is probably when I want to want to see Linkin Park live because they would have been playing everything from Meteora and everything from Hybrid mm-hmm. Theory, which are like my two yeah. favorite albums from them. So – Rightly so. I was gonna put Foo Fighters on there, but I've seen Foo Fighters like like a few years ago, and they still fucking hold up. So like, I don't think I need to go back and see them, you know, back in the day or anything like that. Uh, That's like the same argument for Iron Maiden because yeah, you could see Iron Maiden years ago when they were releasing like their their big albums, yeah, like Power Slave and Number of the Beast. But honestly, Bruce Dickinson has like an amazing voice, yeah. I would have liked An to amazing see the, some of the older, uh, early 90s, mid-90s unplugged uh, concerts on MTV. Like the Nirvana ones, okay. the Korn ones, stuff like that. There's there's certain, like, I like the Nirvana. Uh, oh, the Alice in Chain ones. I would have liked to see that one live. Yeah, that's arguably the best one. I would have liked to see Alice in Chains with Lane. I've seen Alice in Chains a couple of years ago in Austin, Texas. They were still great because that guy, they, I don't know the guy that replaced Lane, but it is... I think it's the guy from the Mars Volta, but I it is be wrong. super fucking creepy how close his voice is to Lane. Like yes, like uh, what is it? Blackest, uh, blackest from blue when they mixed black turning into blue when they mixed some of the stuff they had with Lane with his voice, and it just sounded like Lane was still on the album. Like mm-hmm. that was crazy, but no, that uh, that concert was really good too. So. This just turned into uh, like his... us talking about concerts and shit. Like that's what the question turned into. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, William Duvall. That's right, William uh, Duvall. 
who else is he connected to? No, he's not part of Mars Volta. I got that wrong real hard. Uh, but no, no, I get it. I saw him live with Deftones and uh, Macedon. Ooh, Deftones, that was Deftones probably would have been good to see live. Oh, fuck really it. I've never good. seen Incubus live. I've missed Incubus three times because of like scheduling not issues. Much. Nah, man, I'd like to see Incubus live. I've also missed Clutch twice. I would have. I've, wow. I've missed Clutch twice. I missed him in Memphis and I missed him in Jonesboro, where I used to live. And that's rough. Clutch would have been great because I think the one in Memphis was after their Earth Rocker tour or Earth Rocker mm-hmm. album, and that album's fucking awesome. That album's real yeah. good. So that rips. He's got three more questions, so we probably need to move on. <laughs> I haven't even said who I want to. Oh see shit! You're right. <laughs> uh metallica during their thrash phase like once once master of puppets was cut i would want to have seen that because that's kill them all that's the ride the lightning that's mm-hmm. master of puppets they're the only three metallica I mean, albums that matter and too, justice so. for all is shit just get that shit I out mean, of here i don't care can, what anyone says i was listening i think uh i think it was justice for all uh came on the the radio and i was like this just sounds so like a downgrade from master of puppets like master of puppets yeah. was like it was amazing and i know everyone's like oh, i like the black album it's fine it's not my favorite metallica album though i hate that album that's the album that killed metallica it's just overplayed for me that's probably around yeah. the time that they started with the music videos too wasn't it Yes, and they I think and they so. had always been so opposed to music videos, but then they still gave in anyway. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's when they sold out. Black album is when they sold out. Uh, I also wanted to see Death. Uh, Death is a Florida-based death metal. Okay, outfit. I was wondering which one you were talking about. I thought I was wondering if you were talking about the '70s death band that we found out about. No, I, I'm I'm referencing the uh, and I, I forget the guy's name. It's like Chris Schindler or some shit like that. But pretty much, he's the grandfather of death metal. Gotcha. Um, every single album is fucking legendary. All of it, all of it's good. Uh, I would love to see Motorhead in their prime. Uh, really, yeah. at any point bet- before 2010, when things started to go. I was downhill. about to say Motorhead was in their prime for a while, like because Lemmy mm-hmm. just did whatever. I I remember seeing. Um, my dad was watching some kind of documentary and it had Lemmy in it and he still just like lived in an RV out in the desert. Like just like, I think he was like eating something this... out of the can, like watching family guy is what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that shit's wild. Like Lemmy like, is a, tr- was a true he, fucking rocker. When he finally settled down, he had his apartment and he would go to this pub every single day and just play on like the stupid little, mm-hmm. uh, corner, video game thing Gambling, where it's like the machine, cards yeah. And, yeah something along those lines and that's that's just what he spent his days doing i mean he didn't have to uh, do anything if, else you know if there was anybody that i wish that i can emulate their life it would be lemmy <laughs> i was gonna say with like, how your he, life's going if you emulated lemmy you might not make it much I farther might die <laughs> well, I, i'm I'd surprised be, he made I, it to 70s like i'm surprised yeah. he made it that far yeah uh, my number four is Children of Bodom. Uh, I'm kind of putting this one up there because they just recently broke up. Um, but if I could just go back to like 2003 when they released Hate Crew Death Roll. Um, 
that's a little bit harder than what I listen to. So <laughs> yeah, no, but they they're a fantastic album. So they're more of like extreme symphonic metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they especially in the earlier stuff, they borrow a lot of things from classical music, mm-hmm. and then kind of like transcribe that and rework it into like modern extreme metal. Right, right. Um, fantastic band. And then finally, Opeth. Uh, I've heard I want to see them back in the day when uh, our, our boy Michael or Mikkel used to actually scream and growl. Mm. Now he just writes jazz music and like granted <laughs> it's it's good music. That's like, like Sorceress uh, is a passable album. What is it, 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 it is okay. Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish is a country star now. It's like what? Really? Yes, did you not know that? He's been a huge country no. star for like years. Dude Yeah, he's bigger as a country star than he was in Hootie and the Blowfish. So that's unfortunate. I think uh, the lead, what's his name? Aaron something from Stain. I don't think he does straight up country music, but I've seen some videos where he was singing some country music. Aaron Lewis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Mm-hmm. That dude's got a fucking voice, though. Yeah, he does. It's also like a huge fucking racist, but that's fine. Oh, is it? Oh, well, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Is what it is. Well, no, there we go. All right, what's the ne- I think the next one is what the uh the going back in time to a video game. Yeah, if you were to go back in time at, to a lo- console's launch, what would it be? Uh I think we both said Dreamcast probably. Uh Dreamcast. It's like launch. the pinnacle of like the 90s and the teenage angst years and all that shit, so Mm-hmm. Uh, I also would like to go back to the Super Nintendo. I believe the Nintendo was so popular that when the Super Nintendo came out, it was like a. But I'm also partial too because Super Nintendo was my favorite console. So, but Dreamcast would probably be the biggest one. I was kind of at the launch of the Game Boy Advance. That was fun, but uh, nah, I'd go with Dreamcast. Uh, what's a TV series that got cut too short needed to end earlier? I might have, I've talked about this before, but there was a show called Reaper. Uh, it only got two mm-hmm. seasons that was on the CW. And uh, I just really like that show. I used to have the DVDs. I don't know where they're at now. I think I might have got rid of them. Uh, but they were really good show. It was funny. I think I haven't watched it in a, probably 10 years, so it might not hold up. But I, I feel like that show, it never got a conclusion, like an ending, like a good one. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm also going to throw Firefly up there. Like that is the number one, like TV series that got cut way too short. And then everyone was, talks about Firefly. And then it was given a movie that I've, I've not watched the movie, but I've heard mixed reviews about the movie. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, it was just, it was Cowboy Bebop. It's like live action. That's what it was. <laughs> it was a space Western. That's uh, great. I don't got anything that for a TV series that got cut too short. Uh, but definitely one that needed to end earlier, Family Guy. The first, like, the first few five seasons, seasons are good. They're good, but they're now on, like, season 19, and they're pulling a Simpsons where well, they don't know when to stop. The problem is they've tried, after the first, few se- first five seasons, because, like, there are legitimately some funny parts in those first few seasons, uh, they tried to go the South Park uh, route and try to make it topical. On like mm-hmm. the events that were happening, but that's that's not their shtick. Like that's South Park. That's always been South Park's thing, right? So, not always, but it's it's majority. For South yeah, Park. I mean, they fucking literally make the episodes every week and have only missed the mm-hmm. deadline once. Uh, 
Yeah, I could agree with that. I could also say The Simpsons needs to end. I, I'm a firm believer that only the first 10 seasons of The Simpsons were good. Everything after that's shit. Mm-hmm. So, I'm trying to think of other things that need to end. Uh, if we want to go to anime, uh, Naruto should have ended a lot earlier than it did. Same with Inuyasha yeah. and Bleach. Bleach needed to end a lot earlier. Is it Bleach back now? Bleach is coming back. So, I think what they're doing is that they're going to wrap things up with the Thousand Year War. Uh, if you've read the manga, it is – I can't even pronounce that dude's name. The, the German Nazi guy uh, shows up with all of his fucking uh, law or whatever the goddamn fuck it's called. Okay. Uh, and they fight. Is it One Piece like up into almost a thousand chapters now? Yes, I think so. I've always heard that – people keep telling me that One Piece is awesome, but I just cannot commit that much – a lot of people say skip the first – like there's a lot of filler in One Piece. Yeah. And so there's people that have created watch guides where it's just like you watch these episodes and then you skip to this arc and then you skip to this arc and then you skip to this I've arc. had a lot of people say just and go to the time skip and you're good. Maybe. Yeah, sure. I don't know. There, there's a lot of cool shit that I've seen like when I was in high school because, yes, that, that anime has been going on since I was in high school. It's been going since and I it's think been, it might have been. It's been 12 years since I've been in high school. Yeah, it's been going a long fucking time, man. I remember when it was on WB and it was super censored. Sanji had a mm -hmm. lollipop instead of a cigarette. Good for him. <laughs> no. <laughs> Watching his health. Choosing obesity over lung cancer. Whatever. No, it went the other way. Like, he had the sucker first, and then it went to cigarettes. <laughs> oh. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, what is your favorite couch co-op experience? Uh, I really like uh, Double Dragon Neon. That one's really fun to play co couch co-op. And so, same with the Scott Pilgrim game. Uh, recently, mm -hmm. I found out that Heave Ho's super fucking fun as couch, couch co-op. So, Heave Ho's really good. Uh, back, Righteous. back when I lived with my buddy, uh, we had, we played a lot of games and I just, those double dragon neon is the one that we played every couple months. And we were just like, it's time to play this again. And it was really, really fun. Music's mm -hmm. good. Game's good. And the game is legitimately funny. I think that the best experience I had with my wife was playing divinity original sin. That was like a good month or two. Just, just playing this glorified D, D experience and at first i <laughs> did not like it but it after a couple of weeks i really like leaned in and it's 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 a fantastic game and i really want to play the second one so yeah All right. uh favorite diehard movie for chris what's your favorite russian film the best diehard movie is hands down diehard one like that's the best movie okay that's the movie i watch it every year for christmas um, I, the only Russian film I've ever watched was Battleship Potemkin. And that's from 1925, which, yeah, it's a good movie for what it is, but it's from 1925. <laughs> that's, I, no one, no one our age is going to sit there and say like, yeah, the top five I, movies, Potemkin. <laughs> Battleship Potemkin. Yeah, sure. Battleship Potemkin. That's it. That's a cool fucking name. Oh, it's fucking badass. Battleship to I love that for name. a 1925 movie? That's pretty good. Yeah. Th um, this next one's for you, I'm man. I'm just trying to look through. Uh, Leviathan is actually a, a pretty good movie, too. 
Okay. Leviathan's a good movie. Um, last one. Let me get the questions back up. Uh, if you could pick any version of Goro Majima to hang out with for a day, which version would you want and why? Mine would be the one from the zombie Yakuza game. That's Yakuza Dead Souls. Just in case it happens at the same time as the zombie apocalypse. Uh, I agree with you. Yakuza's Dead Souls would be my first choice. My second choice would be Yakuza Zero. Because if you don't know what he does per a profession, he runs a cabaret. A lot of hot, sexy ladies. It's the classic and, cabaret, uh, though. There's rules there, Chris. Uh, rules stop at, like, fucking 2 o'clock in the morning. Right, then we can go leave and go. Do I just don't think all. people like us like I. People like us shouldn't hang out. Like Goro Majima is not going to hang out with us. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even want to hang out with. Uh, what's the other guy that's in Zero? What's the main? Ki- not Ki- Kiryu. Who Kiryu? Yeah, Kiryu is the main character in in, yeah. in Zero. He's not going to want to hang out with us. Uh, th- those are my two choices. I've only ever played a little bit of Yakuza Zero, so I. You need to finish it. It's so good. I just I don't know, man. There's so much side stuff too that I feel like I'm missing out on, but I also don't want to do. So. <laughs> the side stuff is just to generate money. Yeah. If you think that money is an issue for you, you can blow through that game real easy. Yeah. But if you want to do the side missions, like that's pretty I far do, into it. I can't remember where I stopped. I. Uh... But I was pretty far. I'm like 30 hours into that game, and I've just been focusing on like my real estate agency. That's because you're insane. So, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Anyway, what are you doing this week? Uh, this week I'm gonna start watching Demon Slayer. I want to try and watch all that this week because I've never seen it before. After that, I don't think there's a lot of anime for me to get caught up on. I can't think of anything that I'm behind on. Uh, can't think of any more recommendations either. Uh, maybe might go back and rewatch Epo, like the newer version of Epo, because I haven't watched that in a while. Uh, oh, you know what? I got the Helsing OVAs. I have not seen all of Helsing, so I might sit down and watch that. I got those on Blu-ray, so I'm gonna, I might, right I might watch those too. But I'll be streaming. I might, not so sure on if the streaming's gonna happen, but I know I'm gonna be playing Final Fantasy 14. So we'll see. I'll probably just turn on the stream just to play and have some copyright music copyright free music playing in the background so <laughs> uh i don't have a whole lot i need to start working on my project for uh for mega visions i gotta work and on that i've got to play that, doom eternal with a controller yes so i've got to do that so, and then i gotta follow up on the conquer's bad fur day shit too so all right that's about it all right that's all we got so sorry today was a little somber but you know be good to each other and don't be a fucking pedophile. So <laughs> don't don't be a piece of shit. Yeah, that's the secret. Just just don't be a piece of shit. Just be good. All right, y'all get on out of here.